moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, April 20th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the show is brought to you by Man Rubs. Use the code STEAK15 at Man Rubs. Save 15% off anything in their store. T-shirts, coffee mugs, legit barbecue rubs. All that good stuff, prepare for summer with some man rubs. Again, that's Steak15 at checkout. Also buy Stay Ready Gear. As always, visit stayreadygear.com. Use the code STEAK at checkout on their website. And you can save 5% off anything. Holsters, hats, shirts, dump trays, tourniquet stuff. If you are active law enforcement, they have a lot of good gear for your duty belt. Molly attachments for your vest. If you're just a prepper and want some gear for the Boogaloo, hit them up. Again, that's steak at checkout for them, and that's 5% off anything in their store. Speaking of Boogaloo's, the uh, verdict in the Chauvin trial is now in. Wow. Yeah, guilty on all three charges. Huh. Not going to say we called it, but I think we did. Um, it's going to be a rough summer. Yeah. If you're a small business. It's not going to be the summer of love. Good luck. If you're a footlocker owner. Oh. Targets across the country. Sell it. And those poor, poor auto zones. Better up your insurance. Small business owners. You may need at some point to defend your property from rioters who are rioting for no reason at all, except the sole fact that they're rioting. May, um, may need? If you're in Southern California, I could only think of one stop shop to get all those firearms needs handled. It's factual. Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating, license FFL. They would be waiving those whole waiting periods now. <laughs> so who knows what the hell's going on with this country? Probably not. Mike Mike follows all the rules. He sure does. And he's, you know, just one of those guys that if, if you want it, he's going to do everything he can to uh, make sure he can get it in your hands. So Mike's on Facebook and also at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Reach him over the phone, 619-870-6992. Tactical gear. Yep. We got some new uh, patches up in the studio. Oh, yeah. Um, in addition to our mediocre medic stickers that are around here somewhere, we have um, some dump box patches up in here. Uh, I see at least one of the Scarface Zero Fucks duck is up there. Oh, nice. Looking quite Scarfacey. And uh, I'm wearing my Man Duck Lorian t shirt. So, Mediocre Medic is on Instagram. <clears throat> They're also at mediocremedic.com. And Mark Joe Friday over at dumpbox.us. Tactical gear out the ass. Mm. Look like a real guy when you go and defend your property. That's all I'm saying. Right? Get a t-shirt, get some flip-flops, fanny pack patches, stickers, firearms, concealed carry holsters. And if if you're in Nick's case, you can also get some some man rubs to put on your kills. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Body count. Um, yeah, follow all our friends. And uh, welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm here. I'm Roan. Noah. I'm Nick. And uh, welcome to the show. We got an action-packed episode today. In addition to announcing the fact that uh, Derek Chauvin is found guilty on all charges. I'm really surprised. I'm not. He, uh, whatchamacallit, 
has had his bail rescinded and is immediately reporting to jail, sentencing in eight weeks. Wow. Do you think he'll be in solitary? Don't know, don't care, because here's the thing. This was a forced verdict. They deliberated for less than 10 hours after the evidence overwhelmingly pointed in the opposite direction. And you've had everything from the mainstream media doxing the jurors, maxing waters, participating in the riots. Yeah, I just read an article on the way over here right now. Um, Someone sent it to... Well, she was encouraging people to go out and be worse basically yeah yeah but somebody somebody actually sent me an article and it was from like the washington post or the new york times and it was uh who are the jurors in the Derek chauvin trial that's terrible right so that that plays a huge role in in, i mean what are you going to do as a juror even if there's substantial evidence pointing the opposite direction if your identity is on the internet and all your co-workers and family and neighbors know that you're the one given that Verdict, you have literally no other option to protect yourself than to, you know. If if I got chosen for a juror for that fucking trial, I probably would just go and just shit on the desk at, like, jury selection just to get out of it. Because it's like, you're going to get doxxed. Your fucking life is over. You're just as bad as fucking Derek Chauvin if you... Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you are just as no, bad. No, but in the eyes of in the, the eyes of the social justice yeah. assholes. Well, then you think about, like, the people that... You look at the OJ trial, and how long did that last? Those people's lives were, you know, taken hostage for the duration of that trial. And that's, yeah. they, I mean, there, there was no televisions in their hotel room. They couldn't read the newspaper. They couldn't socialize with anybody. And um, I, I, you would think that. Well, I think that's just kind of good for a jury to do that. But. It is, but it just sucks for months on end. That oh, was yeah. one of the longest trials to date, I believe, to be on the, a juror and to be, you know, kind of cut off. And then in this case, having basically your well-being threatened, your family's well-being threatened, because what we've seen in the eyes of the rioters and the looters in this past couple of years is there's no um, safety net. There's no filter. There's no, uh, nobody's safe in a sense. Well, so if you think these people wouldn't blow torch your house or, you know, mess your cars up or anything like that, then You're that's right. got to be the first thing in their mind as they're sitting deliberating is, yeah, this guy might be not guilty or guilty, whatever they might have th- thought, but at the end of the day, they're thinking, I got to live my life after this, and I can't. Yeah, it's not worth the risk. Correct. Sure for isn't. somebody that's just like, well, a regular it doesn't person. really affect me. Yeah. It only just sets a huge negative precedent for anybody in law enforcement, anybody that has a use of force. Now they're going to be in the back of their head always thinking, it doesn't matter if I'm right. It only matters if I'm right in the social justice world. Yeah. We're not going to stay on this too long because I'm 100% not interested in it. Um, I don't think a lot of the people that we listen to are either uh, because we all know what was going to happen and why. Yeah. And we can talk about it all day that the jury has deliberated. There's no use breaking it down. We broke it down before on this show. So, you know, staying on this is not going to yield any new uh, insight. If you you don't know too much about the case, just know that the, the best experts that they had during the course of the trial said three things. George Floyd killed himself. The use of force that Derek Chauvin applied did not cause George Floyd's death. And any other place that this would have happened, uh, the verdict would have been different. But due to the climate and the times that we're going through right now, it was forced, coerced, and all that bad stuff. Mm. Yeah. Terrible. Big, Big fat fucking me. Um, I don't know if you guys saw over the weekend, there was an event. It was a conservative event down in, in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, Ooh, so, Tulsa's a good town. Yeah. I've been there a couple times. It yeah. is pretty nice. 
Um, there was over 4,500 people in attendance, but over the course of the weekend, 50,000 people paid to come and go and see events and hear speakers. Wow. Um, it was called the Clay Clark's Health and Freedom Conference. Either one of you guys? Who's Clay Clark? Who cares? Oh. He had a freedom conference, though. Oh, well, I that's mean, cool. Yeah. I like freedom. There were some heavy hitters that we enjoy on this show there. Uh, Michael Flynn. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Caviezel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lynn Wood. Oh, nice. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. It's been a while since we've done that. Yeah, and people like that. So, um, people of that nature. There, there was, a, yeah, people of that nature. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff that came out of that conference. Um, and we're going to listen to some audio in a minute. I think I actually have heard some of this. I just didn't know it was called, uh, well, I've been sharing it, so I know you heard some of whatever it. Whatever the dude's name is. Um, Freedom. Freedom guy. Yeah. And in just a little bit, we're going to have human vibration on. So, uh. yeah, we're going to saturate you guys with a little bit of freedom, and then we're going to get into a little mind melting. Sprinkle a little man rubs on you. Hmm. There you go, Nick. So, um, Mike Lindell was talking about a surprise. I think we all know what it was, but let's hear what he had to say regarding it. Um, pillows? Discounts? Pretty close. Oh. Yeah. But they went after my pillow, which had nothing to do with it, right? I want to say something. There's 2,500 my pillow employees. There's Democrat, Republicans, every race, every walk of life. We're like a big family. Employees have a lot of the stock in my pillow. It's a private company. And how dare they sue them and attack them? But there's big news coming next week, let me tell you. What is it? What is it? Well, the big news was is that um, he announced yesterday with the start of the uh, Frank Speech website that's still kind of downish, running a little slow, uh, that MyPillow, the corporate entity, is suing Dominion for $1.5 billion. <laughs> Billions. Yeah. They, they went after, and he alleges for no reason, yeah. um, his company and not him personally, which affects the over 2,500 employees that they have so those 2500 employees are going after dominion and smartmatic nice i like it you imagine working there though and just not being a political person or just being some you minimum know, wage maybe your politics are the, the mirror opposite of mike lindell's and you're just like what the fuck is going on this is wild yeah just, just trying imagine. to make fucking pillows the one pillow stitcher in the back with one of those vagina hats on <laughs> <laughs> and blue hair blm mask so he was pretty fired up but he's nowhere near where I'm going with this. Um, General Flynn was there. And, oh, before we move on, Nick, do you want to apologize to Mike Lindell? No. No? <laughs> You're riding with that? Look. Did you go back and listen to last week's episode? I edited it. Of course I did. I'll stand on this. How many times How many I times did you call Mike Lindell a crackhead? Seven? But I'm going to say 17. Yeah. I'm just... I think um, I love what he stands for. Okay. I love. Do you the remember fact saying that he was going to be the next president of the United States in one drunken rampage that you were on? Do you also remember saying that he couldn't pass the CVS drug test? <laughs> I, I look. I firmly believe that if he can't pass it now, if it, say he passed it today, okay. within the next year, oh god, I would say that it's going to be a no go. I've met people like that. You know how mean that is. And, but so, what, here, so, so, when he, to, so when my he, defense, when he here, launched, me out, when out. he launched Frank's speech yesterday, mm-hmm. he was having people call in. Like kind of like you know an old school '90s like late night talk show where he's like, all right, let's open the phone lines. And you think he was on crack? People were calling in and identifying themselves as legitimate members of the press, uh-huh. and then talking about uh, people overdosing on drugs and dying. 
Here's my take. You, you on do him. know he has a twelve-step recovery program, like a detox too. Sure, he owns. That's fantastic. Um, back to my point. Nick's just not rolling with this mm. one. Is people like him? We're trying to help you here. No, and and here's my my on a serious note. Here's my take on him, and I, and I hope I'm wrong. But you meet people like that, and they're they have a very addictive personality. Okay. And that's what's made him successful with my pillow thing. Sounds like right now he's addicted to freedom. Mm. Exactly. So when this wears off or it falters, I mean, and, it, and I hope it doesn't, this is what I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I see where you're going with this. Mm. But people like that are always addicted to something. Mm-hmm. And when this my pillow thing, I mean, if this lawsuit doesn't go through and then we, heaven forbid this doesn't happen, knock on wood, um, fall into a communist state, which is, looks kind of like where we're headed. Oof. Negative. And, I, and like I said, I hope I'm wrong. Not going to But people it. that have personalities like him tend to slide back into their old ways. So, well, let's hope not. And that's what I'm saying is I and hope not. But he, I do stand by my point that says. He's just a humble can, pillow farmer. Yeah. If he can pass a drug test today, you give it five years. Wow. Well, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, addiction is a, a huge thing. And especially people that are addicted to those kind of drugs, like those type of meth and crack those type of uh schedule one one narcotics yeah those type of uh addictions are something that just clings to your soul for the rest of your life so it is dangerous for a lot of people it is woven into the fibers of your yeah and this is kind of a a side note real quick i was listening to another podcast about how dare you the eddie gallagher trial and all that stuff super interesting but one of the things this podcaster did was he interviewed after 9-11 they were graduating pre-9-11 they're graduating about 50 seals a year Mm mm-hmm and President Bush came in and said, we need 500 of these guys a year. We need to up these numbers because we're going to war. We need special ops. We need people that are going to go in undetected. I'm trying to take down the World Trade Centers. I need more SEALs. <laughs> so they hire this guy, and he's like a behavioral psychologist. And what he did is he created this test. It's five questions for everyone that was going to go through Bud's candidate school. And the five questions were basically on a scale of 1 to 10, um, how was your upbringing? So did you have access to food growing up? Did you feel comfortable asking your parents to take you to the doctor? Did you find abuse in the household? There's very five basic questions. And almost every SEAL that went through Bud successfully had horrible ratings on this. Of course. yeah. And so what he figured is you find guys that are the same type of people that would join motorcycle gangs that are addicted to crazy drugs that have adrenaline junkie like blood in them. And those people clean up their life. And if they apply for the Navy, they're already on a good path uh-huh. and you harness that so there's people that come to a fork in the road and either they have an addictive personality and they find substance and all sorts of crazy stuff the rest of their life or they do something productive and he said a lot of times you know these seals once they get out they don't know what to do and sometimes they revert back to mm-hmm. the ways they had before they went to the navy so again i hope it's not true all i'm saying is if he went on a binge and all that like i said i hope that would never happen I would be the first one to stand on what I said and say, I'm not surprised. Am I rooting for that? Of course not. Yeah. But his personality and I've grown up around people like that. And I'm just saying, if he were to go down that road again, I would not be surprised. Does that mean that everything he stood for and everything he's done for this country is void? Of course not. Yeah. But people like that have a tendency to veer off every once in a while. And, and hopefully, and I know he's a man of God. I'm sure he's surrounding himself with people that keep him accountable. Uh-huh. And when he grabs the syringe or whatever, they probably smack it out of his hand and go, nope. I don't think he has syringes laying around. We got to sell these pillows. <laughs> the, the pipe. <laughs> oh, General Flynn was Knock there it too. Knock <laughs> Dink. General Flynn was there too, and he was doing his usual rah-rah. He was the, he's pretty much the hype guy for the movement he right really now. Is. Does he have his own intro music? He should. Yeah. And he should do the Vince McMahon, you know, the... 
Yeah. When he comes. I mean, I could totally see him doing that, but I mean, he, I got a really short clip of him, but let's hear what he was uh, getting hyped on right now. That's exactly right. We have a president. And I think everybody knows directly who he's referencing there when who? you know we pull up that clip. Who? Well, he said it on several occasions. It's Papacito. Oh, Uncle Donnie. Yeah. It's not uh, the resident. Joey Basement. So there's going to be a toss-up for the next two people who were there. I know Nick touched on it a little bit last week. Jim Caviezel's got that new movie coming out, which is a true story called... Sound of Freedom. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. Sound, it looks like a tearjerker if you're dead. I mean, even if you're not, I think it'll probably uh, pull some heartstrings. And there's also some adrenochrome references in that movie, Ooh. which Jim Caviezel talked about in extent uh, via satellite because he's still filming. But the crowd really responded, and there was a lot of people who... I'm just going to say I saw one tweet. I shared it in the story last week that said, like, QAnon's not allowed to have people like Jim Caviezel represent them because they had like a picture of him like looking super handsome, the light hitting them the right way. Oh, it was like something about they're not supposed to be this hot or something. Right, like yeah. you have to legitimately be a basement dweller, sometimes according to Nick. Like, well, Mi- that makes, like Michael Moore. That makes it easier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to have a neck beard. And, yeah, that makes so. it easier for people if, if you fit the fucking picture in their head of the... I don't know if you guys heard exactly yeah. what he said. Michael Moore! When he was being referenced by the MC at the event, but, but I want you guys to see... And listen right now and then tell me how you feel about this weighing in. It's coming from a pretty heavy hitter. Um, and right before I play the audio, I do want to say. What are we seeing? Jim Caviezel. Oh, okay. People have proxied this guy back to Mel Gibson, who's also been a proprietor of this stuff. And yes, they have worked extensively together. However, you're just going to have to take it with. Tandem DUI stops. There you go. <laughs> Jim, uh, Tim, you're playing, you're playing the, the role of Tim Ballard. And uh, uh, Tim is actually continuing to save kids i mean this is you're making a movie about it but this is what he does and he um he, he, exactly. he was supposed to be in the room with me in, uh in right here or in tulsa but he's down there saving children as we speak because they're pulling kids out of the darkest recesses of hell right now in dumbs and all kinds of places uh the adrenochroming of children the i mean look we're, where we're at right now uh, I, I legit get chills when he says stuff prayers. like that. Yeah. This film is... You can hear the passion in his when, voice, When too. Tim Ballard came down to Bogota, and we had about finished two-thirds of it, I said, why did you pick me? And he said, well, they actually, they didn't want you. They wanted someone else, but um, uh, I said, well, I got to tell you, uh, I did this movie, uh-huh. Monte Cristo and The Passion, and about two-thirds of the way through, I knew we were onto something that was mm-hmm. phenomenal. And I said, I'd fill that with this film. 
And he goes, well, actually, it was those two films that I saw is why I had to have you in this in my film. So, um, sorry. No, he's getting Jim, choked you, up. Yeah. You said you said a word a minute ago, and I, I want to clarify what that word was because you said a word, and yeah. I want to make sure that you said adrenochrome. Yeah. And a lot of people here, there's about 4,500 people here. There's yeah. uh, about a half million people streaming online. We're having some cyber attacks. That feed's been going on and off. It's, it's a, but you said that word, and by yeah. a show of hands, who's heard that word before in this building? Could you please explain to the extent that you want to or not want to what that is? Because some people have never heard that before, and we need to discuss that. Um, essentially, you have adrenaline in your body. I'll just simplify it. it. And, and when you are scared, you produce adrenaline. Uh, if you're an athlete, you get in the fourth quarter, you have adrenaline that comes out of you. If a child knows he's going to die, uh, his body will uh, secrete this uh, adrenaline. Um, and they have a lot of terms that they use that he takes me through. But um, it's the worst horror I've ever seen is screaming alone, even if I never, ever, ever, ever saw it. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's beyond, and these people that do it, um, there'll be no mercy for them. Uh -huh. um, that also it, gives uh, Yeah. This is one of the best films I've ever done in my life. Um, the film is on a level of, of Academy Award um, level. Oh. So, I mean, I, I'm, I sound pretty excited to see the film i was even more excited i think a lot of the community as we call mm -hmm. it uh that's that's kind of a really big shot in the arm from a legitimate and prominent face shot yeah. in the arm yeah and how, when, well i don't want to reference adrenochrome <laughs> and, and wait, the metaphor of shot in the arm what is this what is this uh this is movie going to be called the adreno of the chrome or what no it's the, the sound of freedom yeah and it's, oh. ba it's based on a true story the guy tim who Jim Caviezel plays. Wait, that's already out, right? The trailer's been out for a while. I've seen the. I've seen. The yeah, trailer, it, yeah, it's the trailer's hard to watch. Mm -hmm. And um, I followed Tim for probably six or seven years when I was working at the church. Okay. Um, I'd first seen the documentary he did, and I forget um, what the documentary is called. At the top of my head, I have it on my computer. But basically, this guy was. Uh, um, he worked for a couple different agencies, and then he was tasked as basically through the CIA. He was an operator. Um, I don't know if it's part of their ground branch or, you know, the CIA has so many different levels of secrecy, but mm. he was attached to the port of entries for a while and he was targeting um, human smuggling and things like that, and sex trafficking, trafficking right. and specifically. And then he left that, started his own organization and basically recruited um, real patriots, real patriots, almost like a... Uh, What's the black ops crew that was running it, it, forever? He, he essentially became like a Blackwater force. Blackwater, yeah. And and so he takes these retired SEALs and Rangers and Marsoc guys, and they go into like Bogota and, you know, the Philippines and different areas all they around the world. People. They like do and, completely off the grid ops. Yeah. And they get um, sanctioned basically and okayed by the federal other governments in other countries to go in and do these operations. And he's adopted a lot of these kids yeah. because they have nowhere else to go once he rescues them. Um, so if you, as a listener of this show, YouTube sound of freedom trailer, uh -huh. and, um, it'll, 
it'll bring you to tears, especially if you have kids. If you have daughters, especially, I think it'll pull extra Oof. strings on your heart because, yeah. um, like uh, Jim Caviezel said in that interview, he's like, Tim was supposed to be here, but he's out doing his thing still. Yeah. And the documentary is insane because these guys are flying in, you know, enemy territory and they're parachuting out of like, you know, airplanes onto the beach and like, yeah, you know, full out, kit and everything. And canoeing heads of, yeah, of sex traffickers. And they're out in like Mexico and South America and um, all sorts of ends of the earth. And these guys have found a purpose when they leave the military. You know how you meet guys and they have no idea what their purpose is after they serve. And he's found a niche. This guy's found a purpose for them. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you, you it's guys, awesome. Did you guys hear him reference the dumbs in there? You guys familiar with the term? The what? The dumbs. He said they're pulling children out of the dumbs. Oh, yeah. The underground tunnel system that's supposedly underneath the United States that links up a lot of the major cities and oil oh, bunkers. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there was a lot of... lot of uh, Easter eggs. In yeah, sense. to say yeah. the least. It was it was like a, a Marvel after credit scene for Patriots. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm so. so excited to see that movie and also kind of nervous because that's well, uh, prepared, hard to watch. Prepare to get more excited because... Well, people are going to shit on it just because it's it's attached. And they've any, already started to shit on Jim, Jim Yeah, yeah and yeah. Tim Ballard's also an outspoken Christian. So anytime that happens, yeah, you're, people are just it doesn't like, matter. Boring. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you attach yourself to, people are going to crap all over it. So... You know, we all know how the Bible ends. Yeah. So, um, b- believe it or not, that was not the most eye-opening performance of the night. Hmm. Uh, Linwood, who we've referenced on the show before as Crazy Ass Linwood, wild, who, who is now starting to become a little bit more mainstream Linwood because he's announced his candidacy to run for a house seat in South Carolina. <laughs> Here we go. Wow. He is the tea-sipping plantation owner in every movie about the Deep South ever. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> I can see it. I can so, see it. I mean, he already wears the dress pants high. And he kind of like does the old when he, you know, when he talks, like, that sounds like a good proposition. <laughs> you know, he's already that guy. Uh, but he's kind of picked up, you know, people have tried to call him out for his past political affiliations and stuff like that. But to know someone like Lynn Wood, you have to look no further than someone like Donald Trump. Look no further. Donald Trump's political affili- affiliation has flip flopped over the years. We all know it. He's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a, regardless of what he's voted as, he's identified as both a Democrat and a Republican and talks shit about both parties because at the end of the day, He's always referenced America first values. Yeah. Us getting jobbed in the global scale, fucked over in money, fucked over in the military, this, that, and the yeah. other thing. Yeah, the things he's said have never changed though. So his yeah, you're right. His allegiance to red or blue has flip flopped based on the current climate of the country, but his core values I mean, you look at the interview back in Oprah back in the day when yep. uh Exactly. You know, and and the passion that he had has never changed. And and the same kind of interviews you can go find he's been on. Imus, he's been on Larry King, he's Mm -hmm. been on Sarah Jesse Raphael back in the day. And, uh, you know, it it hasn't changed. But Linwood had some eye-opening commentary to kind of close out as the keynote speaker. I've got three clips. We'll we'll stop briefly in between them and and we'll see what uh, Cole Linwood had to say. The other side didn't. And everybody's saying, well, what's up with Trump? But I know one thing. I have never heard to this day Donald Trump say, I concede. He's not going to concede. He won the presidency, and he is the person that we, the people, selected. Donald J. Trump is still the president of the United States of America. Let's fucking go. He is your president. He is the president of the people. You cannot take away our president. You cannot lie away in our president. 
You can't fraudulently take away our votes in a machine made in China. You can't, pro you can't come up with fake paper ballots. There's not enough paper in the world to convince the people that we know who we elected. We elected President Trump. So don't you ever give up on Trump. He'll try All right. So. Yeah. Kind of, I'm, I'm starting to get hyped. Yeah. It, it did continue, though. Um, it's going to get pretty fired by the end. Oh. I'm not a VIP. Okay. Yeah. Me neither. I'm just one of the children. Here, you take this. Uh, I did sign it for you. I like to think I'm one of the special children. He's talking about children of God, Noah. Oh. Do your research. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from whoever Q is. Oh, excuse oh. me? What do you say? What? Who? Learn it about yourself. There's 1.5 million people watching right now. Study about the Illuminati. Mm. Nate. Study the statistics about child sex trafficking and the number of children that are missing mm. every year in this country and the world. Sounds like he could be on our show. All right. Do your research. Study up about adrenochrome. Oh, there it is again. Educate yourself. Draw your own conclusions, not mine, not Q's, huh? whoever Q is. Oh, oh. He just drew it in the air. Oh, he's doing the Q. All right, so we're kind of getting there, right? He, he's definitely uh, feeling it up right now and uh, brought the crowd to its feet with this part of the finale of his keynote speech. The Q. Here you go, Newsweek. Watch this one. There you go. I'm not afraid to talk about it. He's definitely They've accused me of being a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Why? Because they're telling you that I am a bad messenger. They're trying to attack me because they can't attack Q. Because Q is the truth. Mm. This is about the children, for God's sakes. Send this videotape. Send it to Hollywood. Hey, Clay, send it to the House of Windsor. Uh. Hey, Clay, send it to Bill Gates. <laughs> send it to the damn Illuminati. Let them hear the truth. And whatever they do to me, I don't fear them at all. Sounds like a registered gun owner, right? Send it to the Vatican. Send it to the politicians, the Clintons, the Obamas, <laughs> the Bidens, the Bushes. Send it to those people because they are involved in child sex trafficking. It's it time to tell the truth to America. Listen. Wow. There was a lot of claims. There, there was a lot of claims made there over the course of those audio pieces that we played. Let me just reiterate for everyone, because a person who's NPC-ish, right, and just kind of goes the nine to five, wakes up in the morning, shower, work, school, home, dinner, news, bed, A to B, 
No in between. Mm-hmm. They're just going to laugh it off. Crazy ass conspiracy theorists. Never heard of them. This, that, or the other thing. Fact of the matter is, Lynn Wood has been a federal defamation lawyer at the highest levels mm-hmm. for about 30 years. He originally made claims months ago saying that John Roberts and Mike Pence were not only involved in human trafficking, but Mike Pence has murdered children in the course of those human trafficking events. There has not been one lawsuit put against Lynn Wood, who as a defamation lawyer at the highest levels of the bar knows what the fuck he's doing and what he could say to people and about people and how they say it with the risk of being sued since he started making these claims. Hmm. Yeah. At some point, there's a middle ground where it doesn't make sense unless it's true. I mean, Mike Lindell said Dominion and Smartmatic hacked the 2020 election and they fucking sued him the next day. Whether it's going to go anywhere or not, we don't know. But you would think the Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice of the United States and the at the time Vice President of the United States, if someone was going around saying, not only did you rape little boys, but during the course of those events, you killed some of them. Hmm. Probably going to sue if it's not true. Yeah. I, just, they, I just think it's also really funny right now that Mike Pence randomly went in for some heart surgery right now and he's having some pacemaker. really big problems with his heart. The other thing that's interesting with... with he, may, he may already be ghosted. Mike Pence is the way that he acted when the quote-unquote insurrection happened. God. Um, and we said that before that... <clears throat> excuse me, that there was probably some dirt that they had on him. Mm-hmm. So when Linwood comes out and says... You know, quote unquote crazy, yeah. um, crazy accusations act. like this. You have to look back, and, and we say this all the time. If one conspiracy theory is true, you have to give the rest of them some sort of validity at least to look into it. Uh-huh. And the the track record. I mean, everybody that's in D.C. has dirt on them. Yeah, yeah. and that's why people hated Trump so much because he his well, dirt built was in, into the system. That's yeah. built in. Like they they get people caught up and stuff, and they keep that. Well, as that, their, yeah, that well, goes and that goes back to Bohemian Grove. Get it? And you look free. at they, um, they get them when they're first. You know on the up and ins they get them over there they get their shirt off they get them fucking dancing around and drunk they get them to do some weird shit and then they're compromised to start and then it's just kind of a slippery slope downward of what we already have on you and what we could add yeah so when and i don't know if you guys ever followed the nexium cult did you ever listen mm-hmm. to podcasts i listen to a great podcast about that and stop plugging other people's fucking podcasts on I'm, notice i'm not dropping any oh. names of these no you might as well drop the name now because people might want to hear about it um I forget what the name is, but perfect. Um, Good job, Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it was a super well done podcast. But one of the things that they had within this Nexium cult was people that got into this inner circle, mm-hmm. like the higher up circle. They had to submit some sort of like defaming evidence towards them, and it was held on as blackmail, so they would never leave. Well, that's how and the secret society And that's what I'm work, saying yeah. is that D- DC's got to be no different because, right. and one of the things they hated about Trump, well, the one thing they tried to find was, give us your tax returns. And he used that as bait for four years. Like, yeah. yep. you know, it's like that, uh, what is it, the Geico commercial, the guy with the Fisher pole right. the, and the dollars. You almost got it. You almost had yeah. it. And, he, you know, he's just tugging along. And it's funny because, you know, at some point when someone's on your team politically, you idolize them. And Mike Pence was the golden boy in all sense. And he was the Christian All-American and he had came from the good family. And then you look at the way he acted and you're like, something's off. Something is off. Because he was loyal to Trump 
pretty much the whole presidency. And then the last month, it got it kind of haywired, and they weren't talking. He unfollowed him on social media. He blocked him, and then all the way up to that day on January, turned 6th. his back. And remember, we are all like when he received Whoa. his silver from the Secret Service, yeah, secret handshake, yep, on stage. And so, you know, it is a stage because they're actors. Yeah, and and so you look at the grand scheme of this whole play that we're witnessing because that's living, what it is. It's, living. It's, yeah, we're watching a Broadway show. Hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's continuous. That's an amazing segue because in just a few minutes, we're going to be with Jay, the human vibration, and she's going to be breaking down a lot of how we should be looking at all this stuff. But, well, uh, it's art imitates life. And it's like, how many TV shows have you seen about Washington, D.C. politics, people getting freaking suicided and mm-hmm. murdered and... Them having, like it's just normal. They're having ex-military people that are the freaking cleaner that go around and kill people and stuff. Like this shit fucking happens. Like th- this pro- isn't coming out of nowhere. Yeah, predictive programming and cinematic uh, conditioning has been something that's been used in the American public since the inception of the ways to get it to us. So uh, the other night, I came in and uh, one of the new like Law and Order Special Victims Unit shows are on. Dum dum. Yeah, but get this: the entire fucking episode that I that I was subjected to watch was about a fucking heist of COVID-19 vaccines. Boring. And were they saline? I don't know. But, and then like, there was like some nightclub, a bunch of rich people at this party. Like, are you ready for your injection, sir? No. And they even had like the, the injection, the injection looked really real. Just like the ones that were on Probably TV. the same technology. The ones on TV look really fake. The old behind the army. Well, no, but I'm like the, the and, Hollywood and, and syringe, the, like the Cappy Ani yeah, in the yeah. armpit. Yeah. Mm. Well, those was because they just didn't, you know, they didn't. It would have been pretty funny if. Spend if, the money. Come if on. When, if when Big Mike. Big Mike. Big Mike. Got his that the needle broke. Right in his bicep. Stick yep. boy. He just flexes and it bends. Cheek <laughs> thick. Jesus. <laughs> I like it. And that's, hey, I, you want to go kayaking? <laughs> no, that sounds more like Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Sugar. Yeah, <water>. baby. <laughs> And welcome into the show. First time on Twitter handle at Human Vibration, and also one of the hosts of the Realize Radio podcast. Some of you may know her as Jay, but in the cyber world, she's known as the Human Vibration. Welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Hello, hello, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks We're happy to have you. Out. How are you doing and today? For all of the all of the introduction. I feel like in the past couple of weeks, you've like really kind of introduced me to the show and <laughs> prepared me to come on. So We're sorry. I appreciate. It. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. At least you know you're I like, listening. Yeah. I like it. I like the. Uh, I like the prep prep work. I'm a fastidious person, so. <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes into the show. Like, I know, and you know, we've kind of shared one thing that we have in common is the enormity, the list of podcasts we take in. I listen to podcasts all day long if I can, if I'm, if I allow myself to more so way more so than music or any other medium really. So I'm, yeah, I've, I've kind of taken a step back from music too. I don't know about you guys, but Oh, I worked in, I was a bouncer for 15 years. I've had a, enough bands blasting in my ears. Yeah. I just listen to podcasts now. That's about it. Now I like audio books oh. as well. Ooh, oh, yeah. there you go. I mean, I'll, every once in a while music, if I'm working in the garage, but not usually, or if I'm loading music for, this show yeah i mostly just listen to country music so jay what's going on in your world how are you and and you know what's what's news on your end right now before we get started 
Life is good. Life is life has never been better for me. Actually, <laughs> life wow. is life is very good. I am doing the thing that I love to do most, which is talk about this stuff. And I get invited on to all of these cool shows and mm -hmm. meet people that I would have never had the opportunity to meet ever. I would have never met you guys if I had stayed in my 3D self, if I'm in my normal normie life. Yeah, we talk about that and, all the time. Normies. You know, um, and I can say that with certainty for an incredible number of people that I have found myself in uh, an orbit with, some sort of some sort of like intellectual <laughs> vibration orbit. Some, you know, I like to say our vibe attracts our tribe, and I feel like ever since I really started sharing my 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 real thoughts even though it's through human vibration which isn't like directly to me it's still an ex it's still a very true exploration of myself like my real life is not necessarily my real self you know human vibration i've learned is way more me than than usual or than is way more me than my usual self like mm. if you were to in, in, uh, encounter me in real life you know i feel like the what i've been able to explore through my handle on twitter is just it's like this whole world that I've been, I've been waiting to discover. I've always known it was there. I've always felt it was there, but it took, it took like me creating this platform for myself to, or this avatar really to play in this world. So I don't know. So life is good. Uh, and that's actually translated to my real life. So over the past year, human vibrations really just January of 2020. So over now it's, you know, a year and some change mm -hmm. later and I'm living, I'm making all of these real world changes that I've learned from myself that I've like gifted to myself, my fake avatar. Human vibration has, has gifted my real life person. So many like life, life lessons, true life lessons. And I've lived them and honored them and I'm living in them now and life has never been better. Starting to manifest if you will. For right? sure, for sure. And uh, two years ago, if you had told me that we render as we go when we manifest life as, as it, like the energy that we put in is the energy, is the experience that we get out, I would have, I would have said, you're crazy. Or, you know, what are you smoking? Cause I want some, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to uh, really experience it on that register of, of we we are we're creating an experience for ourselves with every every single every single word we speak every single decision that we make every single thought that we allow to linger in our head sometimes we allow like ridiculous negative stuff just uh -huh. to like take up free rent in our brain mm -hmm. for <laughs> way too long and you forget how how much energy and, and that takes up even when you're doing your day-to-day -day stuff even when you're doing your job even when you're interacting with your family even when you're paying your taxes even when you're doing whatever it is you still have all this weird stuff going on in the background and all of it's some i mean once i realized that a lot of my background noise was unnecessary unnecessary yeah. fill in the blank yes well, it makes you know? a whole lot of sense and i do like the fact that you incorporate you know, things like paying taxes or as Nick likes to say, paying his mortgage, like some of those things. Yeah, are no, 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 for sure. Oh, I, one of the things I did was sell, I sold, I'm no longer a homeowner. I gave up the American dream. Oh, good. You know? You've taken the shackles oh. off. Mm -hmm. I'm a happy, I'm a happy renter. I'm a, I've lightened my load and I'm happily renting. Um, that was one thing I, God, you know, I did the whole thing. I did the, did the college thing and then realized that I could have done everything that I did professionally. I could have done that without necessarily going to, to college. Mm -hmm. I did the debt. homeowner thing. And then I realized, wow, I just spent a whole lot of money basically renting my house from the bank. 
for a long, you know, for a, a good long while and then paying property taxes every year. And I was like, oh God. And then things would break and I'd be like, oh my God, like, uh, where's the guy to call when my thing breaks, you know? Like, oh wait, that's me. No, mm-hmm. shit. Sorry. I'm trying not to cuss. So that's one thing that I'm trying not to do anymore. But. How dare you? You uh. can fucking cuss all you want. <laughs> yeah, please. I realize I have a sailor. I'm gaining a sailor's mouth. I don't know if it's the podcast that I'm listening to or the people that I'm having in my life. <laughs> well, it's probably the podcast you're listening to if you're listening to ours. Probably, so. I might actually anyway, be a sailor. Um, yeah. So I feel like, I feel like a lot of the, the um, on paper successes that I uh, achieved and allowed myself to, ach- and, and went after, um, kind of when I got there, I was like, wow, I'm, my, I'm very, I'm ill because I'm so stressed out. Um, I really can't enjoy any of it. Uh, I have I really don't have a, a ownership of my time in a real way. Um, I don't really have ownership of my finances anymore. I'm even more beholden to, I'm like, wait, I'm in the, mo- like the most debt that I could ever imagine in my whole life. Like uh-huh. it's just like all this, all my fears were like becoming to come in. And I was like, is this the American dream or the American nightmare? For me, it was very much a nightmare. Um, that I was living in for for a while, like and everything around it too, like shack. I felt like a cage. I felt like a gilded cage. Hmm. And I know that this sounds very insensitive to anybody who is like, well, I want to be a homeowner. You know, I would love to be a homeowner. It's hard work. And 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 in, I mean, I hate to go all financial right now, but if unless you're like super cash positive, which no, I mean, very few, like a select, yeah. select few people are able to buy a house with cash or whatever. We'll call them the, we'll the, call them the normal 1%. Way, if you do it the normal way, it's a trap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... In, like, my, in my opinion. It was, it felt like it for me. It and, it, like and it sucks a lot of that energy out of you because you're putting so much focus to it. I, I definitely think that you, you... Yes. Even if you have a beautiful asset that you love and you build a family there and all these things and it's beautiful and all that stuff, at the end of the day, like, you don't have to pay all this, like if you have a big gold bar in the bank, you don't have to pay to like clean the gold bar and like fix up the gold bar and like put new curtains on the gold bar or whatever. Like the gold bar just sits there and assets just maintained and the value will, will go up or go down. Mm-hmm. But like the real estate market, like it takes a lot of maintenance and it's just like, ah, oh, sorry. I feel like this was a weird tangent early on, but no, no you know, it's, thinking- <laughs> it's actually a pretty good introduction to like get our audience to get to know you a little bit. This show's all about tangents. Yeah. <laughs> So well, it was kind of got my goat. It kind of got my, you know, that's one thing that I learned in the past couple of years, really. Aside from all of the wild yeah. stuff that I explore through human vibration, it all kind of goes together. It all kind of goes into this idea that our systems, the systems that we are born into, the financial system, the education system, the healthcare system, the uh all the, the foundations, quo. you know, it's all it's all like it's like built on sand at the end of the day. Like right. it's just not very sturdy and yeah. I don't know. Well, I think it's one difficult. thing that's been positive out of this whole chaotic thing since really since COVID started and Oof. the election fiasco and the current dictatorship we're under, I think if one positive <laughs> you can pull out of it is kind of like what you're expressing is it's taken people. Um, it's given them a different worldview. You kind of take a zoomed out approach and go, what's the big picture here? The truth or movement has exploded. Yeah. And like my wife and I have sat down and go, okay, what's our end game in life? Like, what do we want to do? Because, you know, I have three kids and you can get caught up in the rat race of the day-to-day stuff. But if you don't zoom out and make goals or at least have like a positive, um, like overall, basically like a thesis to your life, mm-hmm. 
you can get caught in this American dream. It's, mm-hmm. It becomes more like a rat race. And then pretty soon you're 10 years down the road and you're like, man, we just, what did we do the last 10 years? What We didn't even achieve a goal. We were just trying to survive. So zooming out, mm-hmm. looking at COVID, looking at, you know, Republican, Democrat, allegiance to one party. And then you realize it's all part of the same cabal. And then you take a step back and you go, okay, mm-hmm. I have my family. What's important to me and what in that realm of people, what is my goal in life? What is my purpose here and it's a true thing to sit down and, and figure out with the people you love and and figure out what are we doing here because you can get into debt you can get into this rat race you can do what everyone else is doing you get caught up in the status quo and at the end of your life you look back and you didn't do anything extraordinary uh-huh. you kind of just did what everyone else does and you, i think now's a debt down to your family yeah now's a great time to stop Beautiful. the train and go okay this world's crazy it's never not been crazy it's just more prevalent now and and the players are being more aggressive that um, facilitate the craziness. And you look back and you go, okay, what are we doing here? Do I want to live in a crowded city or do I want to live somewhere else? Do I want to live in the mountains? Do I want to be else. no neighbors? Do I want to live, you know, it's it's a perfect time. And a lot of people are moving. They're switching up like you, you know, switching up the house ownership thing and, and trying to figure out. Um, I think basically what I'm trying to say is everyone's at a fork of the road right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're either going to continue going the path you are and stay blind and, you know, my, I hate using the word vibe because it's such an overused kind of hippie term, but it's a good word. The vibe in our household has definitely changed since I stopped watching the news. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean I don't educate myself and find outlets to um, procure the news to myself and my family, but I don't sit down every night before I go to bed and watch Fox News like I used to. And since I've stopped that, like my demeanor has been so much more positive because the news is basically makes money off of doom and gloom. Oh, yeah. and especially with COVID and the election. I mean, there's so much negative stuff that is in the atmosphere. If you sit down and watch any news program, you're going to be depressed by the end of that uh-huh. 30 minutes, an hour segment. So I think like what you were saying, it's a good, we could take anything positive out of this past couple of years. It's um, people have kind of snapped out of the um, hypnosis that Americans have been under and you kind of look around and go, okay, am I where I want to be at in life or... Should I switch it up? Should I move? Should I pick up? Should I find a new job? Should I, you know, Take so I think that's a great thing is, is figuring out kind of stepping back from the status quo and, and breaking the mold that we've all been accustomed to since we've been born. Well, there's so much information now, like we're at a unprecedented time where people can and will find truth out there, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you know, the media is doing it to themselves. Like they're shooting themselves in the foot by just playing the narratives that they're doing when there's actual fact-based yeah. evidence to just completely discount what they're saying. Yeah. their narrative, yeah. Big time. Well, I think it takes uh, phrases like step back and take a look at the big picture. A whole, it puts it into a whole new context, mm-hmm. you know, and it just kind of makes you want to reevaluate so many things on so many different levels now. It's not just you as a person. It's like your situation as a whole and everything that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay, things that aren't built on sand, but in the same term, time is running out. The Realize podcast. I love it. Mm, I always look forward to it on Monday mornings. But you, you, did, you did kind of put a cap on it when you started. And I believe you said, what are we in now? The penultimate episode? drop yes, this week so we will correct the one before the last Oof. we're gonna do we're gonna start with eight okay. um 
and then we'll we're going to take a break mostly because all of us had this free space this mm -hmm. magical free space for like this block of time that would work for this eight episode season whatever figure it out see if we even see if we jive see if we like see if this even works see what see what's happening and you sure do I, th I think it's really fun. I think it's, I think we wanted, I think, cause we did that behind the scenes anyway. We always, we always chatted behind the scenes anyway. And so for us to like actually get on the phone and do this together on zoom, obviously, you know, the whole world's connected on zoom now and Rambo's over in the UK. Yeah. So it's myself, human vibration. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's Rambo. He's seek the truth one Oh one. And then Murph and he's ninja sniper pawn one. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> We yeah, but he's Murph. He'll find if but he's Ronald's. But yeah, it's really, really fun. Yeah, those those um, are some good accounts to follow. And I think the, the the thing is is like I remember going back to listening to the time you were on Sam Tripoli and my very first ever my oh, very first ever experience appearance. Ever. He was he was really holding fast to that whole nine eleven thing at the end, but at the same time he kind of was asking you you know, you you were so out there, and he's like, "It's oh, okay. I'm gl I'm glad it I'm glad it went down exactly as it did. It was meant to be exact. I'm glad I got the pushback that he gave me, for many reasons. I think that he was protecting. Well, first was kind of what first was so out there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I get it. And then he was probably protecting his audience from like an atomic bomb that of just course. got. <laughs> got dropped you know people were like what i'm sure his I mean, executive he got, he got a lot of pushback for his that, executive so. producer probably just crushed his coffee cup like and all like, the what? what did she just say did yeah. she just oh she's go she's continuing it oh she's she's continuing to talk about it but, but, but. oh and, and oh, she keeps she's continuing oh there she goes we're not giving yeah, any so. spoilers out there but we're going to get into that later and that's kind of a theory okay. that i have bought into over the course of years and it was nice to hear somebody else like actually say it um it was, yeah i it feel, felt very natural. I guess after everything we had talked about on mm -hmm. the show, it was all about the John Bonet. Yep. My lens of seeing the John Bonet uh, case as uh, basically an exploration of media malfeasance and manipulation through what we understand as you know our trusted advisors, whether it's the police and the at that point, you know, the TV news with of King, course. cable news networks were beginning to, to launch. And it's right before HD really took off, really right before the internet was skyrocketing. But um, it was at a time when, it was at a time when we were taking all of this information in and really believing everything. We were saturated with People Magazine and they were, you know, if you had People Magazine, it was basically telling you what was important in your mm -hmm. world and very limited media lenses. And, and Oprah was on kind of on the same time. Anyway, there's a lot going on. There's yeah, a lot they, going on. they had so much more power before the invention. And, well, the release of the channels. internet. Yeah, yeah, narrow I, information channels. And John Bonet was, was a case that was just a fantastic exploration in these narrow channels and how they can get the entire nation, the entire world hooked yep. by using these really sophisticated, uh, well-selected images the like the and and types of headlines and and in crafting this 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 whole tableau this this extraordinary case in the most uh, extraordinary way yeah in a way that would just fascinate us and we would lose ourselves for many years and it was designed in my opinion to be unsolvable that's mm -hmm. the reason it's unsolved it was designed as such um, just like when people say our systems are broken, I say, oh, no, no, they're actually working exactly as designed. Yeah. <laughs> they're designed this way. They're designed to be energetically uh, 
ingratiating, like they're, they're designed to, to whip us into these experiences, these energetic experiences. Anytime a system seems broken and you get frustrated about it, just know that's exactly what's supposed to happen. And somehow you have to find a way to be the change that you want to see in whatever frustration you have. Yeah. Um, that's I, the only way. I think one of the things that I got towards the end of that show, getting back to Sam Tripoli was, Sorry. oh no, it's good. Um, he, he kept asking you also, he's like, Hey, do you have like a support group or like people that you meet with or talk with about these things? And at the time you were really like, no, these are things that I've, you know, they're, they're in my head. I do my research, the information's out there and this is how I'm seeing them through my lens. But that was what nearly two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I now, was all alone. That was like that was over a year ago. And now I was look all at all alone back then. I know. And now the whole community. There's yep. such a such an incredible community that I would already many of many little vespers of it and vessels already existed, and we were just kind of floating around, waiting for these connecting, waiting for these ideas, these kind of like sparks of light from a distance to be almost like a, like a flare, like a flare gun from a ship far away in the night, you know, and you send up this radical, really like brilliant, shining idea, you know? And I feel like that's what I did with the John Benet thread. I, without knowing anybody in this world, in the Twitter world, I basically just shot up this, this really high flare gun and said, this is my vibration. <laughs> this is my, this is where I'm, this is what I'm tuned into. And let me, let me show you how my brain works. And I think that all the people that were, in either at that time already on that path because as i've learned i was not, i'm not the first person to ever think these things it was just i had, didn't know that these these avenues existed and i also kind of created my own i've kind of found my own little avenues within within it which is so beautiful because everyone in the community is kind of finding their own little way in and out and through and i always say the journey is inward it really is yep. there's there's a personal truth my experience and my things will not be what would not be ultimately what totally connects you to your personal truth. It may help you along the way. I think that over, I think that we are like little guide, we can be guideposts for people along the way in their journey. But like my curiosities and my explorations, I think they're uniquely mine. There was a reason that I was weirdly obsessed with John Benet Ramsey. I was, I was supposed to figure this out. You know, I don't think anybody else was supposed to figure this one out, but I knew I was because I was obsessed with this girl for years, but in a different way. I was obsessed with her through the lens of, all of the horrible, horrible things that could have, might, could, uh, and and were just described to have to have happened to this poor young innocent girl. Right. I was totally down all those for all of them as deep as you could go for many, many, many years. And we're we're gonna get into that in a little bit, but I think before you get into those things that you were passionate about, we have to kind of get to some of the all encompassings. And, okay. and I think two of the biggest ones, you know, that I hear when I really listen to how you've spoke and how you've posted is obviously you've already mentioned it. First of all, is the whole idea behind Loosh and, and what it is and what its purpose is. So why don't you kind of, yeah, give us a little bit of, you know, an introduction to how that whole entity works yeah. Lush. Lush is the Lush is the overarching concept to really everything. That's I, I like that you I like that you 
intuited that in, in your introduction, your teeing up of this, because it really does. It, it kind of connects. It's the what and the why and the how and, and the whole is the whole kit and caboodle. So Lush is our energy mm-hmm. as human beings. We are energetic beings. All of us, we are, we have central nervous system. We have, you know, we have a, a, a an electrical heart heartbeat basically powered by this, this constantly um, electrified system that we have that operates all through our body. Everything is like a mechanical process. We're electric, electric beings. We're energetic, electric beings. And we have emotional energies in our body that uh, through our adrenaline system, through our uh, central nervous system, through our endocrine system, which uh, powers the adrenaline, the adrenaline uh, it's it's really incredible um, the type of energetic battery powered um, illuminations. If you were to scan our body and watch our energies flow throughout us, you would see them spike. You would see us light up like a Christmas tree at certain times, and you would also see us dim at certain times. Um, and you would see certain energies radiating in certain parts of the body. Uh, it's so we are we are swirling, whirling energetic beings. That is louche individually and collectively. Imagine if you were to like take a take a step outside of you know whatever this is, whatever shape, whatever. If you could look outside of whatever realm this is, however you want to describe it, if you could look at Earth, <laughs> whatever that is. If you could look at us and sum us all up, there's like a there's like total there's a sum total of energy, like a battery. If you mm-hmm. were to if you were to measure a battery, there's a certain amount of energy in that. And so individually, some people are vibrating, are they have energy frequencies, and frequencies are vibrations. Certain energies have certain frequency um, spikes, just like certain um, musical notes have a certain emotional energetic frequency tied with them you can feel a very up, uplifting just even with a strike of a single key you get a response you, can, you get a yes, response from your body you can you can feel if you if, if there's a certain high key that kind of feels like a bumblebee and, and, and you, you'll like you'll feel tickled you'll just it, you'll you'll feel like a, a kind of like that asmr stuff like you'll just feel mm-hmm. kind of like this little tickling in your in your brain it makes you feel good it makes you feel happy but then just a just a few keys over to the left or right and you can have um like a scary like a like you can you can release some adrenaline in your body um through this through this this sour note you know something something um something you can a freak a, a new energetic frequency can be experienced in your body and it can be a higher or a lower key just like just like a musical note um, and I think certain times we are in tune with, we're in tune with ourselves and our surroundings. And sometimes we're out of tune, uh-huh. like our energies. Sometimes we are living out of tune. And we, and I think that we all know what that feels like. There's certain emotions that keep us in these certain vibrational frequencies, these certain emotional states, these certain emotional frequencies in our bodies, these energetic swirling frequencies that are good, that are, that feel positive and feel like peaceful and and calming and, or, you know, joyful, joyous, um, uh, which is also loose, you know, extreme happiness is also excitement, extreme hope that can also be loosey. But on the other side, it's usually thought of like in these negative, you know, basically these these experiences that are sort of high, you know hyper, you know, sadness, despair, um, anxiety, 
desperation, basically the COVID-19 starter pack, <laughs> all yeah. the emotions that go along with, you know, fear, fear is the over, you know, fear is the, fear is the, uh, the cement, the cement, um, with all of this, but okay. So loosh, if you think about, if you give a term for this, that if I were to measure my, my energy, I, what, what it's, it, it's, it's, there's a total, like the product, my, my energy product is, is loose. Just yep. like, just like pumping that oil out of the ground, the product is crude oil or, mm -hmm. you know, or, uh, you know, so there's like a, there's like a name for the product. There's a name for the byproduct of the energy. So I have a swirling energy mechanism. My byproduct of my energy, I believe is something that can be harvested, which is, I believe something called loose. And so to, and harvested, Sounds kind of wild. We're jumping into the kind of the, the, the human vibration zone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that our, this, we're in an energetic realm. We are in a, in, in a magnetic, energetic, the, the air is aether and aether has an energetic charge to it. There's air, there's energy all around. If you were to, if you were to stick a, um, like a, a, a rod, a, 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 a metal coil into the air high enough, you could power a light bulb or you could power a few things, you know, yep. you can actually draw energy from altitude from just high enough in, in the aether in the air. There's energetic properties all around us. You can get, get energy from grounding your feet on the ground. I feel like we're like always either giving off or gaining energy from this, this world around us. Mm -hmm. And the cards are stacked or the deck, the deck is stacked, whatever's everything's stacked not in our favor. And, um, we, instead of taking from the earth, being empowered through the earth and being like powered up naturally through all that the, I think this, this realm has to offer, we're kind of, we're, we're loosed. Our loosh is taken from us. Our energy is, I feel like swirled out of our, our body systems through swirling up these energies you know if we just if we weren't i talked about earlier these background emotions taking mm -hmm. up a lot of your ram in our brains like how they're always kind of going on in the background and taking even though you're not thinking about them you're definitely thinking about them right it's the systems that are running in the background yes which can clog up as we know on any computer like you want to force quit all that stuff you mm -hmm. know imagine force quitting those negative um experiences in your brain That'd be so and nice. you you guys earlier that I, I thought it was beautiful when talking about what's important with your family you brought up how you no longer watch uh the news you know uh, you no longer watch the news and no longer have that into your day-to-day -day routine right and you also mentioned that it, you are no you are no less educated you are no less informed you are no less em empowered by knowledge in, in what you need to know to make decisions in your life if, if anything, it's the opposite. If anything, you're you're more empowered. Your 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 bandwidth is actually you have more bandwidth to be making these important decisions with your family. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's it, it, and also kind of going back to swinging back to that. Uh, you know about what 2020 was. 2020 means clear vision. We, they've always told us that 2020 yep. vision is clarity. We've always known that. I think it's no mistake that the year 2020 allowed the entire world an opportunity to take a deep breath and go, what's important? What's, what's even important? What, what, what even matters? What's important to my, me? What's important to my family? A lot of this seems kind of wacky. A lot of these systems seem kind of, they seem like they're crumbling. I think it was, I think it was a, a beautiful 
and very purposeful part of this part of this theater you know i'm enjoying this 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 act act three <laughs> yeah it's just uh pretty amazing to say the least, and, and interesting to see at the same time how many acts there's going to be. Is it going to be the traditional trilogy, or mm. are we going to start getting prequels and sequels? Like, you know, something that was kind of unheard of in Hollywood up until pretty recent, I would say, in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. And with all the, uh, you know, predictive, yeah. Yeah, predictive programming and uh, cinematic conditioning, as I like to call it, um, who knows what the hell they're getting us ready for. One thing when you want to talk about all that stuff, theater, what the actuality of it, um, not just yeah. at the Hollywood level, but at, you know, a global scale, uh, the color mm -hmm. purple kind of comes into play here. And, and mm -hmm. not only does it come into play, but it plays a major role throughout the annals of history. You like it? <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. The, and, annals, and, the annals of history. Correct. I do think that. I the, love, I love that it's, that's, I mean, cause that just shows you histories. Shite. <laughs> no, exactly. When it comes to the color purple, though, which mm -hmm. which just happens to be one of my favorite colors, can you please tell us more? Yes. Okay. So my explorations of purple, I still am not unfascinated by this topic. I I discovered something was going on with the color purple in June of last year, June of 2020. Um, it was around the time that the world was kind of melting with the riots in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And um, I kept seeing... I was seeing pink. I was seeing hot pink everywhere. I really noticed it with uh, like the, the guy in the pink shirt who's got like the pink pizza box man. Mm -hmm. And he was like running around in front of the auto zone carrying a pizza box with wearing this hot pink shirt. And um, it had this quote on it. And it said something about the village. And the village was that M. Light Shyamalan movie where yep. they basically scared all the town, all the townspeople from never going into the forest. They just like made up all this stuff to keep them, to keep them locked in a prison of fear. For something so that, that was never like, there. <laughs> immediately I was like, hmm, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to be wearing, a, 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 the village thing, a, the village quote. And then, uh, and then I noticed there was another guy who had the umbrella and uh, it was like, he had a pink umbrella and a pink um, hazmat mask. And I just kept seeing all this pink. I was like, why am I seeing pink everywhere? Pink, pink, pink. And it just wouldn't go away. And then once, once it like got set into my awareness, I began to connect to this whole concept that I'd already been exploring. I'm, I'm a digital artist by, by trade. And okay. I have, I have all this like knowledge of how light and screens work with the three color system through LA, you know, it's, it's RGB, there's red, uh, green and blue. And those are the only three colors that you need to make up every color we experience through our screens as 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 high as high pixel true life these screens are now displaying as like these these brand new you know screens they're still just made of three colors red green and blue they the, those three colors can make any any color that we as humans can experience and take in through our through our eyes and so i was very familiar with with this concept of like mixing you can to, to mix these colors you know you can get a whole a whole spectrum um but what i what understood was the color purple was the only one that was not was not repre represented within the visible within like the visible light spectrum it could mm -hmm. be created but it was wasn't represented with within our what we call the visible light spectrum of our rainbow within our 2d rainbow because we have we go from red orange yellow green blue indigo violet 
and people go, well, violet is purple. That's where we get purple. Um, but violet is actually not purple. Violet is a shade of deep blue. Yeah. Like if you think about the deep ocean, that is violet. That's actual violet. Um, and we, we are not able to really perceive that shade of deep blue. Um, but there's no, there's no purple in violet. Um, and ultraviolet is actually invisible to us. But the only time we get purple is when this 2D light spectrum, which has red on one side and deep blue on the other, when it wraps around itself, going from 2D space to 3D space, it actually does this kind of bending of light, like the rainbow bends around itself and connects these previously opposite, previously opposite colors. They were previously opposite edges. They're polar opposites and they're not supposed to touch, but in 3D space, they actually, they try to conjoin, but they can't. It's like when you're holding magnets together, like rare earth magnets that are really energetic mm -hmm. and you like, you, you try to put them together and you can like, you can like really get them close, but then you feel this energy field that sparks up at a certain point. And then it gets, the energy field gets really strong when you, and you really can't try as you might, you can't put them together. That's kind of what's happening when the rainbow wraps around itself. It actually doesn't it doesn't connect. It creates this, this field called the line of purples, this, this spectrum. And these are non-spectral colors. These are, it's a new area, a new little, a new little fence. It's really, it's really a conjoining fence. Like if you were to build a fence to connect, like it's two things that weren't quite connected and build like this little gateway. And, uh, and in, in the center of this kind of not this un this energetic unreality, these colors that don't really exist in the, in the visible light spectrum, they're just kind of being created by this energy field of the red and the blue wrapping around each other in this energetic property at the very center is a color called magenta mm -hmm. and that is hot pink. And so I, I had already known that there was, and I had watched this video called pink, the color pink doesn't exist. I had watched that a while ago and a couple of years ago and I had kind of tucked it away. It was fascinating to me and it explained it properly, but none of it stuck in my brain. None of it, just none of it stuck, even though it basically gave me all the principles that I would need to, to make the same discoveries today and just, just never stuck in my brain. It just kind of, I just filed away is like, whatever. But then I saw it later and I was like, oh, this is everything. This like, this basically explains it all. It was, and it was, it spoke to me in much, a much different way. Just like when you, go back and watch or listen to an old song or watch an old movie or something. You're like, Whoa, it's totally different now yeah. experiencing it in a new way. So that's what I, so with this, this, uh, I shared a lot, this little clip it's on my Instagram. Um, it's one of my favorite videos, but it's about how the color pink does not exist. It's all about the, how magenta is really the nexus of this illusion. So a purple purple is the illusion, the field that's created between this unnatural mixing of the opposite ends of the spectrum, which really aren't supposed to come together. They're the opposite ends of the visible light spectrum. Red is over here, blue is over here, violet is deep blue, so even farther away from blue, but more blue, even more blue. So you mix those together, you know, they have, they have to come all around anyone, you, you know, to bend if, okay, so if light is truth and to bend the truth is to tell a lie, that's like a saying, if you bend the truth, you're telling a lie. So you're bending the rainbow and in the in that bending of it, in that wrapping of the rainbow, is like this whole spectrum of lies called purple. Okay, so purple equals illusion. Okay, so I'm really. Now you're going somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm kind of. I'm like, am I? Am I getting? Am I getting too in the weeds? No, not at all. <laughs> we like weeds. I, I, no, you've kind of painted a picture to now. You've almost made it like, I. I and this is exactly where I was trying to go with you. You've basically said it's like the forbidden fruit of colors. It's, it's energetically, it's, it's, 
it's highly charged energetically and are and we we're attracted to it we're attracted to it absolutely that energy frequency we like energetic things we like things that have an attractive energy and there is like a there's like a magical attractive hey look over here sort of magician's trick about the colors within this spectrum and i think what is interesting is is when when I, when I first start talking about purples to, pe to people that have never never heard of me or thought of purples in, in, a, in a way, and I'll get into that more, but like, I think that, I think what is interesting is, is all you have to do is just start looking for it. Mm -hmm. Like if you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you have no idea what I mean by purples, so what does purples mean? All I would recommend is just turn on CNN or the Today Show or NewYorkTimes.com, any media, any media, and just just watch and just keep your just go, just take note of every time you see the color purple, and then kind of take note of what what context it's in, and I I think that it's really interesting is when you start when you start looking for it you will begin to see it quite heavily, and it's usually encapsulated the color purple is usually um, kind of inserted into stories that are highly energetically charged in a negative way, mm -hmm. like Lushi stories. I like to call it like Lushi, like these energetically pulling stories. Like even when you read the headline and you go, oh, that's Lush. Like a headline, words hurt you. Like words just pulled your energy through a screen, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy how we will react emotionally to, to things through our screen and you know at the end of the day i mean this is kind of going deep into i'm i i was deep into q i'm still very fascinated by q i i, I can't say was i'm st i still am so let me ask you a question real quick so we just played before you came on some clips mm -hmm. from the uh clay clark health and freedom conference this past weekend that happened in oklahoma they had a star yeah Lynn not only linwood Luther, Lynn. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. There's a lot of symbology probably behind some of the people. We had Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, General Flynn, Jim Kizvizel, and Lynn Wood referenced on this show as crazy-ass Lynn Wood, um, you know, who all were keynote speakers leading up to the keynote speaker who was Lynn Wood. I don't know if you saw any of it. There, there was a lot of, I'm saying, bringing it back to like 2017, really... Q drops. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's key. He's key in that for wh sure. What do you think? I think Linwood is positioned to be key in keeping the Q narrative going okay. at this moment. And like, or, um, I mean, I think it, I think his character. I think his caricature. <laughs> I think he's he's. It's. I think he's incredibly bizarre. I think he's an incredibly bizarre character, and he's connected to so many people that are on my list. Yes, he is because of those cases, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think birds of a feather flock together. I think these characters represent each other. I think, I think all of these worlds will implode pretty soon. It, they seem to be smashing into each other. And I wonder if he, he, it's like one of those things where it's like the final act for him is this whole, I mean, he, he coined the phrase that all lies will be revealed. I even have the T-shirt. Yeah, I like it. I love that phrase, though. Yeah. I no, love so that. do I. But but it's I just it's funny how he was at the forefront of that. Wearing it's the MAGA hat, it seemed like for being such a character, he was so out of character. And now, 
it's just like when you that's s- interesting yeah that's like interesting. it's it's someone who's he's not necessarily the villain but it, he was never playing the hero and then mm-hmm. he goes to kind of like he's kind of a jester yes kind of like a when the jester, jester picks up the sword for the first time and he like can't you know, pick it up all the way, like the front of the sword drags on the ground and he has to use both hands to kind of hold it like an actual knight. But now it seems like he's so comfortable in that role. I've seen a huge transformation of him in the last couple of years. I just find it, I find it fascinating, but at the same time, also like really intrigued on what, how that character is, you know, kind of coming into the role that he's into right now. So, I mean, I could have seen him doing that. I trust Lucius Linwood. There you go. (laughs) I trust him about as far as I can throw him, and that's not very far. Hmm. Well, can I ask you a side question? Just because she's one of our favorites. What about Sydney Powell? Would you at least have a cup of tea with her? I would. If I I could have a cup of tea with Sydney Powell, I absolutely would. So would we. If I could. See what kind of cheetah print she's wearing that day. I'm not sure if that's quite possible. Maybe she's not even real. (laughs) <laughs> that's where I'm at. No, let's stop. Honestly, that. guys, I mean, if, are we ready to go human vibration? Are we ready to get on there? I don't think this, I think this whole cast of characters is exactly that. It's such a cat. Uh, do we even touch Mike Lindell? We were talking about him, yeah. you know, right before you came on. It's like, so I reference. Oh, my pillow man? I reference okay, him as a, Those as a, pillows are lumpy. They, they're, and those so uncomfortable. We don't I, have ever, a, I had a my pillow. I threw it away. We, we don't ever like to say lumpy. it, but. I like oh, mine. Were they a sponsor? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, absolutely not. He, he actually. His, he declined to come he on the show. It was the, the, the most show. comfortable night's sleep I'd ever had. His, his weighted blanket's pretty nice, but the pillows are absolute shite. I don't mind the pillow. But I've had some shitty pillows. Did you yeah. get the lumpy one? I don't know. Maybe I ordered the wrong one. There was visible lumps in it. I was like, how does anybody want this? Oh, my God. What is his character? I mean, I reference him on this show as like a humble pillow farmer. <laughs> and now, <laughs> you know, now he's pretty much embodying like almost, and I know it's going out on a limb and saying it, but it really is. He's embodying a Christ-like figure. Yeah, I see that. He really is. So, I mean, there's- Like if Christ had a sweet mustache? Well, Christ does kind of have the goatee, doesn't he? Yeah. The beard? Yeah, Christ usually has some facial hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, but he's really embodying that character, like, in this remastered version of the Bible that we're living right now. So, I just think, I don't know, it's pretty it's pretty funny to see. Like, just that list that I just read to you, it's like such a ragtag of never would ever associate with each other. I'm going to read it again. Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, General Flynn, Jim Caviezel, who actually did play Jesus. And Lynn Wood. Tie it all together. Like, if those are your headliners, 10 years ago, everybody would have been like, who the fuck are these people? Like, yeah. I know the guy from the late night pillow commercials, but I have no idea who the rest of the people are. They are kind of an A-team style yeah. crew, wrecking crew. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Separately, they have like a comic book character level. Um, the crappiest version of the crusader. Avengers ever. <laughs> it's a crusade. I mean, the it's, Avengers. It's, yeah. it's a crusader. It's a crusade mentality. And I think that they're, they're like painted... Um, even the Messiah figure, there was smashed there in between with Mike Lindell. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I think it's interesting. I think it's. I, I do think that they are all grouped together for a reason. Even General Flynn. I yes. mean, okay, which one's the guy that looks like the murder hornet? Uh, uh, he was our Attorney General. Um, Mike. Gosh. Um, yeah, I know with the big ears. Oh, you know who I'm talking about? Durham. Yes. No. Durham. Yeah, John Durham. John Durham. He looks like a murder hornet. Yeah. Like these people look mm-hmm. like these people are characters. And yeah, that these deep people... fake they did of John Durham was top tier as well. Oh, that was that was that got me. I yeah. mean, I had to do a couple double takes on that one. That was good. As soon as he started talking though and making like funny comments, I knew it wasn't. Yeah. So, I know. But well, it... I never listen to audio. That's my thing. Because I yeah. always want to be looking at the 
So I didn't realize how farcical it was until I actually listened. And then when I was you like, see, oh, this is a total joke. But I was like, hey, this pic- is a pretty good deep fake. And it's, you know, just about this whole matrix finally fucking starting to fall a little bit. It's funny. You have that deep fake come out. And then like two days later, Donald Trump tweets like, is John Durham even a real person? <laughs> Has any, weird. And he's I like, know, has anyone ever weird. seen a picture of him besides like the three that are on the Internet? He literally said that on Hannity. And I was like, wow. Okay. I feel like there's a lot of revelation of the method. I feel like the CGI Joe Biden stuff is getting is ramping up with those uh, microphone things. But sometimes I think, are they just messing with us? That's the are thing. They, are they just messing it's with so us? bad. Like, can you I, I am, can you I, really I, I be bought, that I'm sloppy? Afraid. Yes. Yeah, they can. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not super far fetched to think that some of these things are happening in a studio with. I mean, there's been, there's, but I think if everything's happening, like if everything's happening in a studio or if nothing's happening at all. So you don't think there's multiple Joe Bidens, one of them's a clone? I don't really believe in clones. So you think maybe just CGI or deep fake? Hollywood theatrics. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you could literally pull up videos of a black eyed Joe Biden and a blue eyed Joe Biden. I think there's different people playing Joe Biden over the years. Yeah. We like, we like to make the clone jokes, but yeah. Well, I like, I like the clone, I like the clone idea because it really, um, it solves for what the heck's going on for quite a few of these, like Eminem. What's going on? Or what about Britney? I, I mean, there's people oh, who go Brittany. on people go on podcasts and be like, Britney Spears has been cloned for sexual stuff hundreds of times. I'm just like, really? Mm. At some point, yeah. you get into that multiplicity movie with uh, Michael Keaton, yeah, where you get like, deep. yeah, you get this, you get the really like the retarded you get version. The reject one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like who bought yeah. who bought that Britney? My Steve, this, yeah, uh, the, Steve. the damaged exactly. open box, Brittany. See, this is perfect. Like I thought I was driving over here today and like I always do, I listen to Steven Crowder on the way over here because before I get into a podcast and after all the research I've done for an entire week, I need a dick and fart joke. But then he was doing like a serious episode. He was doing the change my mind episode. Oh yeah. For Those voter ID. So now instead of getting like loosened up for the show, I'm getting pissed because he only takes the people that are just like voter ID is racist. So are you. And if I didn't say you're racist, you are. And then, no, 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 not listening. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm like, so then I start to, I loosh myself. Oh. And there I go. I and mean, I'm just like, you want to know what? We're never going to talk about anything we talk about on this show, even though we have all this fascinating information I have written down. Jay is like an open book that really piques my interest. And I think Nick and, and Noah are really, you know, interested in all the stuff she has to say. I said, but we're never going to talk about fucking Mike Lindell and Donald Trump. And here we are. There it is. Yeah, we segued it into the show. I love it. It's it's the best part of the, this theater is so rich. You know, they give us so many things to get lost in. I I love get, I get lost just like the the rest of them. I still I still get in all this stuff. Watching you know, watching some of this stuff sometimes is just sitting down with a, with a good book that you know is one hundred percent untrue, but the story kind of sounds interesting. Well, you know. <laughs> no, none of my idols are safe. I'll read. I'll read a. Catcher in the Rye and go. This was written by an. This is written by an AI. This was written by. This was written by a, a, a conversational AI. Or <laughs> all make like I don't believe any any famous writers are real anymore. I don't believe any famous thinkers are real anymore. I'm so jaded. I'm so human vibrationed that I I have a hard time taking in media because I I always wonder if they're a character, these people, they get so famous. He's uh, even Carl Jung, I'm, I'm Jung or however you say his name. Jung. Mm-hmm. You know, Jung, exactly. I knew I said it wrong, but I was like, it doesn't really matter, you know? Cause he's not Because I think that he's like a gatekeeper, an intellectual gatekeeper. And I think that we're supposed to get knowledge from 
him and through him, yeah. but it's kind of twisted in the way where we're not really getting the real truth too. Kind of in the way that I think I, I feel the same way about the Bible and I feel the same way about, about Q. I oh. think that there's incredible truth, incredible truth in all of these things. But I think that like the point blank way we're giving it, we're given it like just on the surface level. I think that it's it's like it's like a funhouse mirror where we're really seeing it the wrong way. But yeah. if you can if you can like just go once, if you can just like get past some surface and see it from a different angle or perspective or something, I think that there's great truths to be found. I feel like Pew is like needle in a haystack. I, I, there's quite a few things that actually connect still with what I believe with human vibration yeah. lens. Um, so, some Q drops that are very close to me that I think kind of speak to this. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. We, we were talking to, right before you came on. Someone posted, you know, I don't know if you saw or not. You, you, I'm sure you have. The Derek Chauvin trial verdict came in guilty on all three counts. Guilty on all three counts. Which is scientifically impossible after the experts went and testified before the jury. Um, however, the three-year delta of today. Yeah, the, the three-year delta of today is the world is watching. And yes. it just so happens. Like, I, I feel the same way with you. Like, Q is an epic, epic novel. But there's just crumbs in there that you can take from it. Right. There's you know, ways to get lost. I think. I think. I think that there, there is ways to get lost, but there's also ways to get found. Yes. Yeah. So, and and we're talking about this this theater right now, and getting back to what we were talking about before we got into Donald Trump and pillow farmers. Um, <laughs> fear. Mike. Through, Mike Linda. <laughs> fear through untouchable subjects. Is kind of the way I, doors, I look at it. Doors. Yes, yeah. absolutely, hands down, can't touch them. Space, the deepest depths of the ocean, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Fauci's rhetoric are all things <laughs> that, uh, you know, are just locked doors that we have no chance of ever attaining any kind of truth on. So then we have those doors, you know, we're talking about space, uh, the bottom of the ocean. And, and scary things like that that you're conditioned from as mm-hmm. a kid that are just like so taboo when they're taught they're not necessarily meant to scare you but what other emotion could you garner when you hear about how unlock those doors could be you know you mentioned space mm-hmm. do you guys remember learning in school that space was a vacuum yes and mm-hmm. sound can't travel in a vacuum yep. which means that space is where no one can hear you scream. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Yes. Yeah. I feel like that was I feel like that was taught to every small child. It was on every movie poster. Yeah. Every movie poster where no one can hear you scream. Space. Yeah. Imagine. Like imagine that as a kid, like being scared and about to and dying. What and no one can hear like no and no one can hear you scream. I feel like that alone sets us up to be like well, I don't want to go there. You know, like yeah. I don't want to be out, out there. It, <laughs> that it, sounds scary. That sounds real scary, actually. You know, not only not only will you die immediately, but no one will be able to to be it, witness. Well, it's like everyone's your, fear of drowning. It's like that sounds like uh, the worst way to go. And I Truman guess being in a vacuum alert, is probably the same. Know? Yeah. Uh, That's, yeah. The Truman Show is still one of my favorite <clears throat> movies. That rocked my world when I saw it in the theaters at 13 or 14 years old, maybe 12 or 13. I can't remember. I was on a mission trip in another city. And it was at the time that I was questioning already. And I was like with my church friends and I saw that we, sh- we went after like doing our churchy stuff. Then we went to the movies and we saw that. And I left feeling like 
y'all I'm out. I'm out of this God stuff. Like I'm done. I'm so done. Like, I don't know how we can, but I, but I couldn't say that. I could, I was like, this kind of confirms this inner feeling that I've always had that things aren't quite right. I don't really feel like this, this movie gets it all, but I, I feel like it's re- reassuring this, this inkling that I have inside. And I remember that was kind of a turning point in my, in my inner, um, the Truman show in their fo- back, that focus on your fears to keep you from moving forward in life, to yep. keep you from doing whatever it is that you desire. However, sometimes seemingly insignificant that is. I mean, sometimes as 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 um as adventurous as I may seem on on Twitter, and as as far as I feel like I you know as much as I my freak flag flies sometimes on Twitter, sometimes I'll call my mom. <laughs> And share just like a really basic thing that I'm thinking about doing. And she'll be like, oh, honey, honey, are you sure? Like you doing that? Are you sure? You don't do that. Why would you want to do that? You're not going to be good at that. And it's like, mom, what kind of programming, what program are you running? I'm a cape. I'm everything I do is great. Like I'm a capable human being. Why, why do you always say things like that? I'm kind of noticing that like even, even the people closest to me are running these weird Truman show like scripts that yeah. keep me from doing the most basic. Like nobody wants me to go to Fiji. Nobody <sighs> wants me to get on that, you know, that tugboat out, out, out to go to, to well, the airport. Well, all the tickets are sold out for at least the all next the year. Mm. So. <laughs> Why with that show? I'm sorry to like, if you haven't seen the Truman show, please, please watch it so you can get everything that I just said. If you haven't seen the Truman yeah. show, you're definitely listening to the wrong podcast. I don't it's think Truman. Truman didn't have his vaccine passport. That's why he couldn't get out. Yeah, there you it's go. Ex- oh my gosh! If Truman was redone, ooh, that'd be actually pretty cool. Yeah. To redo Truman Show in 20, 2020 vision. Well, Jim Carrey's too busy deep faking Joe Biden. So. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad you guys said that. That's funny. That's I mean, have you seen? Have you seen those side by sides? Yes. It's too good. Yes. It's too good. And there will be some, there will be some like Apple news, you know, we get pushed that stuff every day. Like there'll be some mornings where the first thing I do is I, my home screen is like the Apple before I get into the Twitter world, before I get into like my human, I'm still like navigating through like my actual iPhone for my real life when it has Apple news and all these things that I'm supposed to know is like a real person in life. And there will be some times where I'm like, that is Jim Carrey as Joe Biden. Yeah. On Apple news. What is going on? It's so strange. But again, I, I might be too jaded. Well, who knows if like something like the Truman Show, all the way back when it was produced. Did you know that Matt Gates lived in Truman's house? Yes. And, and, Matt, and, <laughs> but, but, but what if that was just foreshadowing Jim Carrey's bigger role in this movie as now I think Joe all of Biden, it's meant, I think all right? of it's not just foreshadowing, but all of it's quite literally interweaving. Yeah, there's a huge metaphor there between the two and, and definitely that movie. So... I mean, you have happened to his implosion. I feel like that just dropped off the face of the earth, right? It, well, it's like one of those things. Like, I mean, it's like it goes up there with like the Tennessee bombing and, you know, there's just there's just turn of loose. Yeah. If, if people get so conditioned to where they're like, they're like oh, 24 hour news cycle and then it's gone. Yeah, exactly. So but then when you do start to tie in some of those unlockable doors with real world events and things that are along the lines of like the space space. Well, even even some things that you've mentioned Hope before, see. Abraham Lincoln, you have Oh, yeah, yeah. Vampire Hunter. Well, Hitler in World War II, you have 9/11, the Boston bombing, the Vegas shooting, like where you know, does it I end? Like to, okay, so I just like to go, let's think about all of the things that we were taught and told in school. Mm-hmm. 
that were that made that painted humanity in a really horrific light. Yeah. Let's just start there. Let's just start with all of those. Let's question all of those. Did we really give smallpox blankets to the Indians? Like, did we really do that? Or are we just told we did that? Are we just given these like weird narratives? I've actually, I mean, this is gonna sound extraordinarily radical and it's a locked door, but I've actually looked into the idea that slavery did not happen at all in the way that we have been told that it did, like this mass ownership of African human beings by white, by enslavement by white owners in the United States, like the whole foundation, the idea of the Civil War, like I've, I've explored this idea that it, it, we didn't even have that. Like the right. slave trade, it just didn't. Okay, so that's not one that I'm ready. That's not a locked door that I'm really ready to. Okay, let's close that door. No, I, and I mean, I, I, can, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I definitely okay, can get where you're going let's from. Let's do Hitler. I'm more comfortable doing that one. Oh, I don't perfect. think Hitler existed. Honestly, I don't think, Anne, okay, so I recently realized that Anne Frank means not truthful. Okay. Anne meaning I'm, Frank meaning direct or truthful. Anne Frank is literally a personification of an untruth. It's, it's a, it, she's a character. She's a character. She was, didn't exist. She's only positioned, Anne Frank is positioned in the mind of the public education system, of the public education pipeline. She's right there in the machine. She's a cog in the machine to keep us aware as, as, as baby, as kiddos, kiddos yeah. in school of the Holocaust, of this horrific, and the Holocaust is like hollow, like, empty you i mean i my favorite thing is wordplay they call it spelling for a reason english is a first language Mm -hmm. i do believe that english is the baseline for all of the the major spells and then you can kind of back out through other languages and it can be reinforced you know britney spears more back to her back to a lighter subject (laughs) sorry y'all i'm sorry (laughs) y'all Brittany up to? She's having a meltdown. When is she? she not uh, having a meltdown? She's one of them too. She's one of them too. Sorry, Adam. I, I, I mean, I can, I could, I could keep going on that. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I think I kind of, kind of made a try to make a point, but no. And I think the point is, is that you, for you to give, um, not grammatical, but like word based, yeah, examples for you to just do your own information, and that's like. Definitely one of the things that you um, are a proponent of, and we 100% are. We will give a lot of crumbs on this show, but we just don't have, A, the time, and B, the amount of shows we would need to do to cover all of the topics we want to and give you that in-depth analysis of it. We'll kind of just lay the seeds, and then if you want to water that patch of grass and see if it grows, that's for the listener to kind of take in. And yeah. for as many and of these things, too. yeah, it's the lay, the planting of the seed is so important. I'm a weeds girl. Like no, and you're <laughs> it's diff- 420. I think that's an appropriate thing to say, there but I'm actually in, I really enjoy being in the weeds, like alone and in searching for all these little tiny things. I like to be in the thick of it. Um, and I think that not, I, I, I like that. I'm a very curious, like fastidious person. And I think that that's my specialty. Sometimes I'm not always great about kicking around things because I'm so in the weeds and I forget that people aren't there with me and they're like, what are you even talking about? You know? And then I, I forget I, like, oh yeah, yeah, you guys have no <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just think, it, well, it takes people like you to kind of 
cut a path through those weeds, you know. And, that's right. I think that's why I spend so much time in there. Like I really want to I really want to learn it from the inside out. And I I'm really glad I was successful in this system. Mm-hmm. Very successful in this system before I woke up. And I think that I had to be. I think that I had to be in it to be out of it. And I think that I had to really see it from the inside and check off all of those so-called boxes that were given to me. And then at every point, I remember feeling this, this very specific understanding of unsatisfaction of like, okay, well, onward, but to what end? Ah, and feeling, I mean, at that time I felt like empty, like very unspiritual, very agnostic, very like just empty inside, like, like path, path, pathful, but purposeless. And now I feel like I both have a path and a purpose and they have aligned for the first time ever. And I feel very, very, very happy about that. Um, And so I like, what I really hope to do is I I ultimately do want to communicate well, because I feel like what I have found for myself has given me a lot of clarity in my life. And I was kind of a lost person for a long time. And even, even if you have a beautiful life, you can still be really depressed and lost and like, ugly on the inside well how many like, mpcs just think they're they're doing it the right way totally yeah. so yeah. I, I mean and in many ways i believe i was also a, a high functioning npc yeah. yeah for sure well look at how many people are living the quote-unquote dream they have all the money and they're miserable and they end up killing themselves yeah yeah an instagram lifestyle as well the whole thing yeah so Everyone- I, I still can tie the things that you said and some of the ideals that that you just were talking about, going back through World War II, going back through slavery and smallpox and all that stuff, because, you know, it's it's one of those things where when you break it down to even just today and the whole COVID narrative, I mean, my stance on COVID, and it's something that came to me a couple of weeks ago, was that you, you know, and we all know it, we created this thing, scary thing ever. Everyone's going to die, but no one starts dying. But then when you really start to break down the numbers and you look at the deaths worldwide. I think it's the flu. Yeah. Well, you have something that might be a little bit stronger than the flu that goes Mm -hmm. and really targets the medically and monetarily reliant across the globe and eliminates them. Mm -hmm. And then what does it do? It bails out one of the biggest global businesses, Big Pharma, that constantly Mm -hmm. runs in the red regardless of how much funding and money they have. So you basically give Big Pharma worldwide a clean slate by eliminating the population that's resilient on them, the obese, the pre-existing conditions, the elderly, and things of that nature. You know, so it's just like almost perfect. And there's been so many, you know, there's a Bill Gates reference that, you know, viruses will come and go, but, you know, the next one will be really bad. And then you have that, of course, Prince... Philip quote, Philip. right, if where he I said, come back when I die, I want to save the world and come back and, you know, bless the people with a virus that will, you know, rid everybody of the overpopulation. It's you know, definitely like the middle chapter of a three part movie, you know, when, when you hear comments like that. Oh, for sure. But oh, for right. And Prince Philip is Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, that's true. For sure. Oh, he's been dead for a long yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> that face. Oh my god. So, but when you really start we to look at Bernie's, for sure, for sure, for those those pictures oh, of Bernie's. him like driving in the car and his like eyes are wide open and he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's that amazing. Was way before he died. Surely Skeletor. Dead. But I think it's just like if you look Taxidermy. at Taxidermy. <laughs> at how this narrative has been completely obliterated. Obliterated. But how many people? said and still to this day you know just continue to 
um, harp the lie. It's that, okay, so now in the technology age where you have so many people, okay, no one was I dying. Think, I don't think, I think far few people are lying. I think pe- people just don't understand the truth sometimes. And I think far few people are, far few people on the lower level are actually trying to deceive us. Yeah. Well, I think. I think it's more of like pr- propagating like things that you mislearned. Maybe sometimes is more dangerous. I definitely think that's a component of it. And then at the top, they definitely are. Oh, for sure. like all the all our idols and all like the big voices and stuff. Like they pull the puppet strings, and then this <clears throat> whole army of us who puppet everything they say because they're our idols. Like we create this whole vol- like tsunami of like energy and kind of influence. And I don't know. Like I feel like sometimes it's like. It's by design how it trickle. It's like the trickle down. It's just like they talk about in economics. It's the trickle down effect with social media. You know, the the top trickles down to us, but then the trickle becomes a whole. It's just it starts with a droplet and it becomes a whole ocean. You know, once it gets to our level and we're sharing it in such a large way. Well, and part of that's the thing too. You you had mentioned the people at the top, and you want to go back historically. You know, oh, you start yeah, talking yeah. about these <laughs> these evil characters who are representations of movements to instill yeah. fear and to guard locked doors. For instance, people like Hitler, mm-hmm. people yeah. like the slave owners in the South, yeah. people like Osama bin Laden in 9-11 and, and you know, things yeah. of that what nature. They're all characters. Like, what if, what if all of these boogeymen, just like at the end of Scooby-Doo, we were always told. At the end of the Scooby-Doo episode, all you have to do is unmask that dang bad guy, and you'll see you'll see it was just this guy all along. The other guy, the other guy. All along, Let's see who's know? really under here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always just it's just as simple as just unmasking the villain at the very end, and you just and just the whole thing just and it's like guys, start with that. Come on, you learn this. Can't you just learn this? And the next time, just start with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I feel like I feel like there are certain boogeymen in our past that are positioned to be unquestionable. I mean, Hitler's the the most uh, prevalent one I can think of because you're not supposed to question anything around World War II narrative at all. I've already made light, I've already made light of it. I mean, there's no backpedaling now. But I'm even wearing like a, oh my gosh, I'm even wearing like a Holocaust stripe out there. You know, I was going to say it was more of a, because I saw you stand up, it was more of like a safari ensemble. But now that you say (laughs) that, if you're, if you were coming in in black and white, I would definitely start feeling sorry for you and want to give you like a snack. Yeah, let's go with safari. Okay, there you go. You need, you need like one of those uh, shelled hats. Oh, I do. Melania. Yeah. Oh, but she is beautiful. She's quite, I I want to take a moment to say that I, I actually really enjoyed all of Melania's fashion is she, she got like canned. I feel like Michelle Obama. Big Mike. Mr. Obama. There you go. <laughs> those shoulders. I don't care, real or fake, those shoulders. I mean, what a, I want that. I want, I, I'm recruiting Big Mike for my football Personal team trainer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Personal but, bodyguard. But I feel like Melania got canned. I thought she was so beautiful. I feel like no, um, even, even if she's just a character, they should have, I thought she was. Beautiful. Yeah. She, she, I, I personally feel like she's an extremely elegant woman. Elegant. And, yeah. yeah, I loved all of her outfits too, and d- even d- and I don't think that she's her accent was thick, but I think I think she got raked for the, all the things that she said when she actually made quite sage cogent points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, well, she, she how many languages? How many languages can you speak? Right. How many exactly. does she speak? Like seven. Fluently. That's uh, fucking exactly. crazy. I can't even I master that, two. Yeah. You know, but that goes to for me. 
these torturous displays with certain height, the hyping of one and the the the, the raking of through the coals of the other. To me, that's very lushy. That yeah. is a way to to offend everyone all the time. You know, because if you're celebrating one and then the next year you're berating the other, well, then you're going to flip the emotional tenor because then one's going to be like, well, what about last year you were good? And then, and then they're both going to be like, well, nah. you know, and it's like you can you you can really you in, in a way to do that. You can like just focus on one. I don't know. It's kind of they get they get everyone all the time with the way that they treat, you know, I feel like it's just because it looks like it's positive when they're celebrating Michelle Obama and just because it looks like it's negative when they're dissing Melania, it's the, it's the two sides of what I believe to be the same coin and the same effort. And it's really just division. It's really just to keep us divided. And yeah. we go back to that like purple, the red on one side, the blue on the other, the political division. It's really all about the oppositional forces, the opposing forces. Yeah. Oh, it makes perfect Opposition. sense. You you want to talk about things that are real, like Mike yeah. Obama's lats. I know. And shoulders. Big Mike! <laughs> and some things that aren't, <laughs> uh, that you have touched on. Um, things like 9-11 victims in the actual Twin Towers. Okay. May or may yeah. not have been a thing, right? Okay, so when I started going down this road, everything looked different for me. When I came to my own personal conclusion that John Bonet Ramsey may not have existed and that she was a complete fabrication of the media and that her entire case was just designed to keep us like fascinated and also at the same time introduce this technology to to the public of these kind of computer generated faces yeah and 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 we would just get used to it was kind of like a trick can the public mourn this fake girl right yes answer yes yes we did <laughs> yes for many for for decades we have we absolutely have and i think that you know it's, it was a test of the technology that it, that was being developed at the time by the players in the play by access graphics via lockheed martin via the grand, uh, you know, military industrial complex. Um, and with a, time, with a proxy player that was even John Benet Ramsey's father, right? Yes. So this major player, his name was John Ramsey. And, and this ties into 9-11 quite yes, interestingly does. because John Ramsey was the father. It, the, the, I believe all, okay, these are the, these are the, char these are the characters in this play. John Ramsey played the father of John Benet Ramsey. Mm -hmm. John Bennett Ramsey, father of John Benet Ramsey. So uh, a, a name, she had a play on his name. Yep. What's also very interesting about the name John Benet Ramsey is for a girl who was found in the basement of her family home, her name anagrams to enjoy our basement. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> oh, wow. That. Well, you have to look Imagine at some of the, that. some of the other major factors in that. I know, um, she was buried in Atlanta, even though she lived in Boulder. Right, and, and she it's was also buried out of state. Well, Atlanta's nice this time of year. It is, and but there was no, and there was no, and the parents never received a death certificate for the body, which, which they announced on, wasn't that on Larry King. They said that the yep. parents went on Larry King and said to Larry, "This is after the burial. This is actually years after. This is three years after the burial. This is three years after. This is in 2000 when they're. When this is their first big interview, and they go yep. on. Of course, Larry King, who is also kind of a corpse for his entire 
last 33 years of his life. The suspenders were actually keeping his innards sure. in. Um, may he rest if he's if was if he ever existed. Oh, he, he died. Was, he right? was actually pretty good in Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Big Mike, so they were on. They were on. Um, they were on uh, Larry King Live, and um, they and he specifically asked them, you know, did you receive a death certificate for your daughter? Which is kind of a strange question. Gasp. But he point, he asked point blank, and I actually went through the transcripts and I posted this in my thread. And he so he asked point blank, did you receive a death certificate from your daughter? And both pa- both parents, both John and Patsy. "Quote unquote, Patsy, the right. Patsy me fall guy for a thing. John and Patsy Ram, the random access, random access memory, and also Ram like satanic Ramsey. John, okay, so John and Patsy Ramsey, they both say that they did not receive or even see see or receive a death certificate for their daughter. Okay, so that's pretty interesting because if you have a loved one that dies and you do anything in around them even if you just try to call a credit card company you need a debt you need like a death certificate you need to be like you need some sort of proof of death or whatever and so they moved her body out of they buried her body out of state during this highly charged uh investigation i, I suppose they they moved they buried her body out of state when they hadn't received a death certificate that seems highly um illogical and, uh, and improbable uh, there's many things that point to that there was no body. There was no like. How do you how do you bury a body out of state? Well, that's very easy if there's no body. If there's actually not a, a not a, a, a real crime or a real death that has occurred, that's the only way these improbable, illogical things make sense. And there are many, many, many more. There's no record of her body ever being received at the county morgue. Nobody ever saw her body at the home. This is the first time that these cops had ever seen a homicide, mm-hmm. and they did not know what to do. They showed up at <clears> six a.m. on December twenty-six at six six six, and the six-year-old John Dominic Ramsey. They, they were like a combination of was, Twin Peaks and Fargo as far as the competency of that police department 100%. during that whole investigation. It's basically Twin Peaks. Yeah, you exactly hit the nail on the head. Looks like, like looks like we got ourselves <laughs> a crime here. Mm-hmm. I feel like we Nobody need to have like a, a Nicolas Cage movie where he goes and like the quest to find <laughs> yeah. the body oh, of John Benet Ramsey. Hey, speaking of, you know what? We'll, we'll just do it. Cage. We'll do it, even though Nick's not here, so we can cry about it later. That is correct. Where'd he go? Uh, he's he's attending to kid duties right now. Do yeah. you have, by any chance? I know you have a. So we're going to call it a newest segment now. Listen to this. This is what somebody has to bring to the show. You have top five. Top, oh yeah. Top one movies, right? Plus one. So now, in addition to your top five, top ones, you have to tell us what your favorite Nicolas Cage movie is. <laughs> oh. If you've seen one. Jay, what do you got? Oh, she did. I prepared. I prepared my list for this. Let's hear it real quick. <laughs> so my top movies, I've already mentioned one, Truman Show. Okay. Um, I would say Vanilla Sky and Magnolia are really the only other. Oh, oh, and um, there was one movie with, with uh, Robin Williams. I always forget the name of it. Oh, are you talking about the one with the painting? It was one where he died. Yes, that movie's so fucking sad. I don't know it's the name of it so either. So sad, and I watched it when I was a kid, and it really struck me. Also, maybe Memento. No, no, no. Lost in Translation. Okay. Final answer. That's my top. That's mm. my top. Lost in Translation. Um, Lost in Translation with with uh, uh, Murray, Bill Murray, and yes. um, Sophia Coppola directed, and then Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Oh, so and now actually, you just proxied the Coppola family it's right back to Nicolas Cage for your top one Nicolas Cage. Right. Movie. He's he's he is directly connected. The Coppola's. Yeah, he's Francis Ford Coppola's son. <sighs> like, like on the sly son, right? Well, yeah, he's he's yeah. Francis Ford Coppola's. But for sure, I, yes. yeah, for sure. 
That is confirmed. And he has like a series of sketch um, like motels in, in, Las, in uh, Los Angeles. Did you know that? Yes. And, and he's just been married so for the fifth. so many interesting things about him. And he did the eight millimeter thing, which is kind of what he's yeah. yeah. doing. Yeah. He oh just gosh. got married for the fifth time to like a 26-year-old uh, lady from Japan. Not getting married to a 26-year-old. He did. He did. He's always getting married to Good a 26-year-old. Good for him. Yes. Every few years. I, I saw them like they had pictures of them like walking out of their service or whatever it had for getting married. And I was like, that's automatically divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so it always is for him. Yeah, I know. Certainly not the first time I've heard this. So this- I think the next thing is we have to imagine Nicolas oh, Cage, my Nick Cage as movie. the lead in your top five movies. Imagine Nick Cage and Truman Show. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think he'd do an excellent job in all of them, to be honest. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> That's his worst fucking movie. <laughs> All right, what's your Sorry, top, Nick. top one Nicolas Cage movie? There's, a, you know, I actually haven't seen it, but everyone tags me in it. It's a Nicolas Cage movie called, like, Color Out of Space. Uh-huh. And mm. it's basically all purples. Yes. It's about space. It's about outer space. And the whole movie is set in purple. I don't and know people, if I've seen that people, one. People, I have. People will stumble upon it and they'll tag me on it. And I, I like, I get tickled every time they do. So what she's just described, you can only imagine how horrible it is. It sounds, it sounds <laughs> really, bad. Yeah. It's really low rent. Yeah. It, it's like, you know how he does all those Netflix movies now? Mm. Just think about if he was doing something. Where he's like a shitty detective right. that smokes too much. So it'd be like from the producers that brought you the Netflix adaptation of that's how they would like introduce that movie. I did hear you guys do on one of your previous episodes when I was preparing, I listened to a a few, quite a few of the episodes actually. And I heard you guys do like a download of y'all's what you guys believe to be the best. And I know the raising Arizona always gets brought up. You know, that's one. one that's like kind of cinematically quite heralded. That's, that's a good movie. It's a that's good a, movie. Like, from yeah. a filmmaking standpoint, from an acting standpoint, that's an excellent it's movie. It's just those 80s movies that are like resonate with you because they're all live sets, all real characters. The story is believable. Mm-hmm. And then there's just excellent. It's almost like you could tell that a lot of parts of that movie are not scripted. It's sure. just like the old 80s, like yeah, Bill Murray natural. movies, any movies with like Steve oh, Martin. Bill Murray from yeah. Lost in Translation. Yeah. Yep. He is my all time favorite. Were you talking actor. about like Caddyshack and stuff? Yes. We have brought up Caddyshack. So Caddyshack's. The bomb. Yeah, it's a great movie. Can I ask you guys a quick aside? Can I ask you why you named it State for State for Breakfast podcast? It was like that when we got here. Yeah. So Nick. What does that mean? So this oh, is what happened. I guess I'm sorry. I guess I didn't go about that far. For that. And whatever you do, do not do not go start back. at number one. Okay. So, so the State for so <laughs> cut this out. Just cut cut everything I just said. No, no. This no, is no. The, we, This is a disclaimer we give our fans all the time. But it's glad that you brought it up today because in this whole matrix and possible simulation, there are locked doors. We're taught of them from a young age. The locked door for this podcast is, is episodes one through six. Yes. Do not fucking go back there unless you want to okay. hear like six guys talking about gym equipment, how much they hate COVID and eating directly I into the microphone. I think I did microphone. try to listen to episode one and I was like, Oof. back out slowly. Yeah, yeah, it I'm was not that gonna, Homer Jeff. I was like, I'm not going to show up. Or Jeff or whatever. I, yeah, I just, at least you tried. Yeah, I'm going to be busy that day to be on your podcast. Sorry. Yeah, at least you tried cake but in the garbage. But then I listened to a lot of the, thir- all of the 30s. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be episode 36, right? It is. And there's a lot Which of. Which I think is really interesting. And I just turned 36. I shouldn't be saying that out loud. Perfect. Whatever. Age is nothing. I've never felt younger. And you don't uh, look 36, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, no. So me and Noah are in our 40s. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you I have people I tell me I'm, that I don't age, though. Better, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't could, go backwards. You could say, Oof, okay, no, boomer you. to us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just. You know, one of those things, uh, it, the name was here when we got here, but thankfully... I like it. We're, we're like breaking uh, a, like a lot of the bands. It's hard to say. I, I think we go underneath the uh, ban um, hammer radar. Yeah, like it, if we, it throws it, off the algorithm a yeah, little bit. Yeah, if this was called like Q for no, breakfast, like we've already... we were. 
have already been canceled. For all the stuff and we I say on the show, I, and we can it, go over it. I mean, if you want, yeah. do you want to play like a little word association with us? I'm going to say, yeah. so you just tell me what you think when, okay, we'll see how, and this is what we do every week in an attempt to at least get kicked off Spotify. Yeah. If I say George Soros. Eye flaps. <laughs> there you go. Eye flaps for sure. hundred percent. I was going to say that. I just couldn't get it out of my mouth. Yeah. Okay. Stolen what? election. Oh, say it again. Stolen election. Dominion. There you go. Yeah. Um, fraudulent president. Joe Biden. Kamala's well, president go. Kamala. Yeah, exactly. President Eventually. Harris. President Kamala. What else? There's so <laughs> many of Kamala. them. I mean, we could say, don't get the vaccine. Don't. It's fake. It's not going to. You. Yeah, it's going to eventually kill you. If it's not saline. It could be either or. Death or saline. You guys are seeing all those saline articles, right? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're definitely trying to condition the Isn't public. Isn't that, that interesting? 40- that since I've been talking about it being saline, now they're actually saying that it's saline did you see that uh vaccine passport.com vaccine passport.org vaccine no research everything it was all paid for and bought in 2016 all the or yeah all the but guess what there was one that wasn't there was one that was still available dot sex no dot help and now this show owns it yeah so you might find a link to the steak for breakfast podcast on that one connect the heck out of that and then yeah. maybe like a bunch of like eye flap pictures yeah i mean we're a collage tr- <laughs> we're truthers we just don't Those have enough time are intense yeah, yeah exactly so what else do we got pizza gate frazzle drip oh yeah we say it all every week yeah and sometimes we get into them i mean you know hollywood elites okay. are literally raping children so frazzle drip just word association if you want to continue the word association for a second so yes frazzle drip reminds me of razzle dazzle okay razzle razzle dazzle i post about this actually so just not the scary hillary clinton cartoon there were these wartime ships that were painted in this zigzag black and white pattern yeah this improbable pattern this highly like obvious zebra like can you confirm Noah? pattern yeah and it was supposed to be um a measure of um they were like testing out ways of being under concealment like they mm-hmm. were trying to like do like how, what ways are we least visible and some of the things they did just absolutely were the opposite of that and they one of the was iterations were these razzle dazzle ships which were it's like how anybody thought that that could be unseen was ridiculous because it was just such a like a blinding like design on a ship and they thought that they were just going to like mess up like the viewfinder of like a long lens telescope and a, a ship couldn't see what the distance they were but that didn't happen like the the, the effect didn't do like if, it, if anything it made it more obvious where the ship was and so right. it was like well a total, it's like the navy's blue camouflage total failure but razzle dazzle was actually named because it's kind of supposed to trick your eye it's supposed to like distract your eye and so when i hear frazzle drip i hear razzle i hear distraction i hear something that is so blindingly wild i used to believe in frazzle drip i no longer do okay but the if you show me that if the video is released of hillary clinton filleting her the face of a child and putting it upon her own face if that gets released, first it's going to be purple. Yep. I guarantee you it will be purple. And that's all I need to say about that. No, I mean the cartoon. Uh, the, kind of, oh, the, the John Podesta thing. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, the cartoon picture of like Hillary Clinton and the frazzle drip thing, the whole thing's purple, except like 
you know, the tribal stuff on the face, obviously. Well, I mean, this is just like such a weird, I think humans are way more beautiful than they allow us to uh, ever imagine. I think that sometimes they feed us this really, really, really sick stuff. This really, really, really dark, 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 dark stuff because there, we will emulate it's puppetry. It's puppets on a string. I'm not saying bad stuff doesn't happen. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that this bad stuff that they're feeding us is feeding bad stuff in the real world and bad stuff does happen when we continue to idolize and almost fetishize this weird, violent, murderous, sick, sick stuff yeah. on on all of the news channels. On I mean, and this doesn't start with Frazzle Drip. This doesn't start with Epstein Island. This doesn't start with even like the weird murderous uh, O.J. Simpson bloodbath followed yep. by the, the white Bronco chase, which is kind of like a horse of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. There's something, I mean, there's something to all of these. There's, there's so many symbols built into all of these extraordinary events. Um, oh, okay, the one thing that I want to tie back to on the John Bonet thing is just know that that her the, the entire scope of the family was tied into governmental contracts. Like, yes. This was all just a government test of te- government technology that was all funneled through this character called John Ramsey. And he had a daughter named enjoy our basement or whatever you know it's yeah. just like ah. yeah like maybe they didn't expect it to be such a widespread news I, item like well no, i don't know i think that it was designed as such and it deployed properly and beautifully because yeah. i think so many things after that flowed and actually john ramsey's the moment like 19 okay so this is 1996 december January 1997, John Ramsey's company, Access Graphics, gets dropped from Lockheed Martin. Hmm. Mission deployed, mission over. Yeah. Mission mission accomplished. Mission accomplished 100%. They no longer need Access Graphics. And I have all the documentation for this. I geek out. I go to the, I actually looked in both the the Secretary of State filings for Georgia and the Secretary of State filings for Colorado. And I tracked all, and California and Texas with, with, with all of like the sub, subsidiaries that are like flowing in and i actually found that lockheed martin was involved they did not purchase access graphics in 1991 they were involved in the implementation of access graphics as early as 1989 and so this shows this whole thing was a governmental setup like they were just designing these shell companies setting them up creating these paths on paper creating businesses filing things with the secretary of state creating all these shell companies and shell companies and shell companies and shell companies and fake people and all these things sustained okay so john uh, uh, john ramsey's next move after he gets dropped like a hot potato from lockheed martin um he goes to jaleo north america and what is jaleo north america oh jaleo north america is the company responsible for bringing hd live broadcast over the airwaves just in time for 9-11. If I had pearls, I'd be clutching them. Mm. <gasps> Gasp. 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 John Ramsey, again. You did it again. The father of the CGI deep fake. Goes know. on to be the the the, the conduit of end, uh, the conduit to this new and we didn't have HD over broadcast at that time. And nope. we didn't have leading up to Leading up to, it was it was brand spanking new, pretty much in two thousand one, that yep. we had this ability to do a high. De- it was not high definition in the way that we understand high definition now. Like we, that's apples and oranges. Yeah. Like so, it's not HD like we're talking about now. This is just D. 
<laughs> we're talking about just yeah. D, like one D, you know, and, and that was more than what we were having with the tubular, with like a totally different delivery system of the cable news of the, of the actual, we were actually, we were going into a new, um, a new spectrum, a new spectrum of, of, of delivery systems. And you, and this allowed these broadcasts, these airwaves, they were more manipulated. They were able to be manipulated. And I think what happened was, is our delivery system for these, the broadcast that we saw on 9-11 was entirely different than what the day, at least the impact, at least the planes, I, be, I believe the planes were CGI. There's a there's a famous there's a there's a there's a famous saying, and it's nobody got hurt, nobody died. Yep. And that is something that I believe very deeply. And actually, shout out to a podcast that's a brand new podcast, uh, Eyes A Y Z at A Y Z on Twitter. He actually had this very gentleman on as his first guest right out the gate. So if you want to learn about how the world is manipulated, uh, he's a really interesting pioneer in this. Whole, like I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of new to this whole world. Like this is actually kind of an OG pioneer. So if you want to hear someone else talk about stuff that I'm talking about, um, I've, I've heard him on something know. recently. He's been on Maria. I, I and he's with John LeBlanc. He's oh. like a, his name's David G. David G. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's with he's with he's um, anyway the fakeologist. He runs with John LeBlanc, the fakeologist, and he's yep. been on with my Maria and. Yeah, the whole, yeah, very, I mean, and he was kind of, I think, one of the first, first people to say, even though I said that on Sam Tripoli last year in in April, literally literally a year ago, I went on Sam Tripoli and cannonballed into the deep end and said 9-11 was, was a, that that nobody died on 9-11 from impact from the building, that there was nobody in the planes, there were no planes, there was nobody in the buildings, the buildings were empty, there was, Nobody showed up at the hospital because there was no one in the vicinity to even get scrapes on their knee or have in smoke inhalation. The injuries did happen once first real responders, real people came because it was a controlled, I, I, what I believe to be a controlled, controlled site that during the event. And yep. then I think it was opened up. Yeah, the injuries occurred after the buildings came down. That's what I believe. Yeah, and I do believe real people, and then real. I think that the people inhaled real smoke, and oh, yeah. firefighters had real, real hard times. Oh yeah, because of all the asbestos that was in those buildings and and stuff of I that, think so. like that. Yeah. So real, real impact on the later on the on the, on. The, I think that some some real devastation happened from the fallout and just emotional devastation of the entire world. Um, it was an energetic event, I believe. But okay, so there's just a whole there's there's like this there's this this crew that we're exploring these events through, you know, they're just designed to look really scary and really bad, mm-hmm. and then a lot of people died. But um, what's 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 really happening is is like this fallout is way worse. This injury after, like you know, they have they say like insult after injury to yep. add insult to injury. I feel yep. like the injuries are all fake, but the insult is very real. And everything that happens after it, like the fallout is all like emotionally and, the, and physically, even with the firefighters. And like, I mean, even stories of dogs getting their paws burned because they were trying to like go over the thing and they couldn't find anything. Like, cause everything was melted like crazy. It was like a lava, you yep. know? Well, they found the That's guy's passport. They, <laughs> oh yeah, they did. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, they found one of the actor's passports. passports. Right. Y'all, and if you go back and look at those faces, if you look at the faces of the 9-11 terrorists, those guys aren't real. This person does not exist.com. You know what? That that 
website is amazing. Every it's time, amazing. I, yeah, it's every a brain time. Brain training tool. I haven't seen that. But I, I, I look just at open it. up my phone sometimes and I refresh it like four or five times. And I'm like, okay. I'm I good. do that often. No. So this person does not exist.com. This talks to. This speaks to pretty much everything that I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the representation of this identity creation. The ability to falsely represent a human entity in a way that slips past the gate of the majority of people until they are given awareness of this. And once you're given awareness, okay. So, so basically, these there's fake people all around. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of twi- a lot of Twitter's probably fake, fake profiles. A lot of Instagram, you know. And I'm not just talking about people that have like filters that make them look different or better or like you know do face app or whatever and make themselves give themselves new teeth or I mean, i'm not talking about that i'm talking about people that truly don't exist right well, maybe it's like one base actor sitting in a room and a thousand different identities are projected onto this one base actor and they can it's like it's 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 puppetry it's like mass puppetry yeah you they're know? they're inputted all over the world and and they're yeah. just playing that role it, with a different face well it's like instagram you could you could have multiple profiles and you could literally go back and forth profile to profile and have a conversation with yourself if you wanted to yeah if you wanted to yeah sometimes i actually do send myself messages to be honest like <laughs> i like it hey, Always, tone, hey, tone her down a little right. bit tone, hey you look right your hair looks very nice today <laughs> You're great. You're a superstar. Don't you worry about anything. Don't lose yourself. Yeah. Sometimes I do pep pep myself up. You got to. You got to to in this world. Okay. So long story short, this world is full of traps, of emotional traps, of energetic traps, of of like stories that are based. They're they're complete cartoon. You know, I feel a lot of space stuff is cartoon. Back to that unlocked door. You know, you hit the nail on the head when you said space was ultimate unlocked door because I think it is. I think we're not supposed to question it, but if you really do, if you trace it back, our whole imagination and ideation of space was brought to us by Walt Disney. Yeah. Before we had any idea, before 1946, I believe, is when we've got the first. uh, a rocket was launched from White Sands, New Mexico, and we got our very first view of space from, mm-hmm. from Earth, very first time. Before that, Disney was imagining what space looked like, and lo and behold. And the Earth was flat. It looks a lot like today. Yeah, it's crazy. And the Earth was right. flat. Right, uh, and yeah, the rocket, and they kind of manipulated the way the yeah. rocket, like we've never been given a true representation of what, and every lens is, even our eyeball, even our eye taking in all of this experience is curved. Yeah, on a fishbowl lens. I wonder lens. if that. I wonder if our fish eye lens affects things too. You know, we we question everything around us, but then we don't. We sometimes forget to question our own mechanics. And I think it's. I think we're. You know, we kind of talked about this earlier, but like I think we're. Everything is designed for us to not know, to not really be able to know, to to like really be pointed in the wrong direction, and to not be able to measure, quantify objectively. But then there, but then there's still the curious peeps and we all have that feeling. We all have that feeling that something's just not quite right. And sometimes it follows us from childhood. Like sometimes yeah. like we always feel it. And it's like, no matter what, I mean, I felt it kind of with the church stuff when I was, after I saw the Truman show and I was like, I don't know if I feel this church stuff anymore. I think this is all kind of like manipulated. I had that like inkling, you know, at 12, 13 or whatever, I, I had that inkling that things really weren't, but it also connected to something that I'd felt earlier. I'd always kind of felt that things weren't quite right, even though they were presented as such and presented so strongly, like it just didn't really make sense to me. Yeah, no, so it's, it's an extra point. Sometimes we awaken. Maybe that's what 2020 was about, like to allow the people that had always had this inkling some time to 
kind of just take it all in, back. right? Yeah. Well, we've talked about it multiple times on this show. Is like even the people that have always thought there was something fucked up and something wrong, like even the people that are fully committed to believing everything that they're told are now starting to be like, yeah, now everything seems a little weird. What do you mean my vaccine was saline? Yeah. You know, it's 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 right. things like that. Just a weird thing to be popping right. up everywhere. They're, they're matrix breakers. All of a sudden. Yeah. It's breaking, breaking the matrix. I do want to say I, I am, I feel like I've ragged on religion um, a couple of times. I am more spiritual than I've ever been. Okay. I'm more believing in a creator and like a beautiful designer and like a godlike entity. Um, but I want to figure it out too. You know, I want to, I want to figure this game out as well. Yeah. Like, That's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I grew up super religious and I'm not there now, but I definitely think that, you know, the things are beautiful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very well. So I mean, there's just so much stuff, and and so many different things that seem over the course of decades, even centuries, that you can kind of start to connect the dots. It starts to, the more the light starts to shine on all of these different things more, and it spreads it out more, and you get to see more of like a map that's being charted. It it starts to look even more like. A, a large stage and, and all of those players, characters, doors, you know, just strange coincidences or the fact that there aren't any really seem to come into play that you're just watching, like obviously the greatest movie that's ever been made. Um, Jay, before we start to wrap, what do you think, where do you think, how do you think someone who's really starting to hear the things you're saying today and resonate with you? Um, you know, what advice do you give them or encouragement? Mm. Well, I really like how you started that with talking about the light. And I think that there's a crack in everything. And my favorite quote is actually, you know, there is a crack in everything and that's, that's how the light gets in. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think for everyone, I mean, what I explore is, is pretty wild. I, I don't think that, I don't think that you need to go, down all of the avenues that I find interesting. I mean, it's just like we all have our own things. I just have these really absurd curiosities that lead me into these. <laughs> talk about the annals, the annals of consciousness. Right. I, I like I like to get there, but you know, if I if I were to apply my lens to like what matters in the in the day to day, because sometimes what I'm looking at like doesn't even really matter. Like, does it? You know, it does and it doesn't. Like. I think the things that really do matter are, you know, yourself and your family, the people that are directly around you, the energy and experience that you bring into your day-to-day -day life. Like, are these new, are the, you know, is your news consumption making you stressed out before you even start your day? I mean, are you starting your day off on the wrong foot because the news is on in the background and you feel kind of like weighed under by the stress you just hear radiating from, you know, these these outlets that we just kind of have in the background sometimes, these background noises. And it's designed um, to get you emotional versus rational. Mm -hmm. I think it's designed to put us in that that alternate state where we're not making clear decisions, we're not really thinking, we're not really thinking what's best for us. Yeah. You know, it's the fight or flight. We're told that that's the worst. You know, I talked a lot about adrenaline earlier, and I think that, you know, we're as human beings, we're really only supposed to feel adrenaline coursing through our veins when we're in um when we're getting like about to eat and be eaten by a lion when mm -hmm. we're being chased by you know i don't think that we're supposed to be experiencing adrenaline rushes when we get an email or when we um you know for forget our iphone 
in the restaurant. You know, we're getting these courses of this, this, this really highly toxic material that's going through our body. That's really powerful image and, and we're not yeah. utilizing it it's just we're not it's just utilizing sitting it there, properly yeah. we're just getting it we're kind of it's diminishing it's diminishing the the the, the beauty of our body systems i feel like you know when we are supposed to be using these things we're not and when we're not supposed to be using them we are and that goes for our emotions that goes for our sometimes our logic our, our brain sometimes like we're told to we're told to think critically about things that are illogical and performing you know it's we're, we're always pointing our true power in the wrong direction yeah. i believe and I, I think that goes back to the allegory of plato's cave where essentially our lives are controlled by the shadow puppets by the people that control the light he who controls the light controls the severity and the direction of the shadow that's the idea of lucifer with light bringer you know that goes back to the idea of even the even the the diagram of, of of light, how light operates, the physical properties of light, that is a one-to-one -one representation of the sigil of Lucifer. You know, if you're if anybody's interested in these symbols and signs and you wanna, you know, know what these things mean, there's a, there's a, there's there's something interesting about, you know, if you're bringing false light, then you know that's like that's that's a form of that's a form of evil. Anyway, we're taking in be very conscious about what what inputs you allow you know, about what you allow to cloud your mind, what you allow to take that space, that free rent in the back of your mind, you know, because it'll, it'll affect you, it'll affect your family. It'll even affect this, the person in line at Starbucks where they step on your toe and you have an outsized reaction for just something that, or the person that cuts in front of you and you'll feel slighted by this person, you know, our emotions, if we if we allow ourselves to be weighed down by our inputs and our inputs are false, I mean, that's even worse, but if we really allow our, our, ourselves to be colored, our emotions to be colored by these inputs, I mean, our whole day is gonna be, be difficult. You know, you, you will bring that energy with you all day. So on a, on a real day-to-day -day exploration of life, how to make your, your life better, just, just be so much more careful about what you focus your attention on. Yeah. Even if it's familial stuff, sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to limit the amount of uh, bandwidth you give to your, your loved ones uh, uh, or really, really, really heal yourself in a way that allows your vibration to raise the vibration of everyone around you. Because that's the only way to change others is to change yourself and to change your own actions and to behave differently around these others. You, you can't change people. You can only change yourself and they will react differently. Yep. Right. I have learned that. I yeah. like it a lot. Jay, let me ask you, for anyone that's listening to the show right now, if they yes. want to find all oh. of you yes. and all of your, I don't know, what do you, do you still call them LARPs or do you call them something different these days? I'm just, uh, I'm on, I'm human vibration. It's, it's a lot. It's my, it's my handle. It's my persona. It's the way that I explore my, the, the thoughts that I was never allowed to have in my, in my real life. It's so human vibration is, is where you can find me. I'm at human vibration on Twitter. I'm at human vibration underscore Insta on Instagram and um, podcast is real eyes radio. And that is myself and my two cohorts, the kind of two guys that I've always kicked ideas around with kind of, we play in the same sandbox. We have, we come at it from much different avenues, but we all kind of land in the center where we are questioning the fabric of reality and kind of tearing at our own individual threads and like pulling it as far as we can and seeing what happens. So um, it's Realize Radio. Uh, it's we're about to record our eighth episode, the final episode of this iteration of this season, and we're gonna take a break and see what happens next with it. So nice. 
That's perfect. Wow, what happened? I guess I just uh, broke the matrix through the roadcaster. That was good. That was perfect. Thanks, guys. No, I think Stop. that uh, it, it was great having you on, and we really appreciate it. Um, we hope to have you back because there's so much more stuff to unpack when it just comes to the whole ideal of you um, and all of the research that you do and matrix breaking and this, that, and I should and have let thing. you guys talk more. I get right? a little out of control. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's, it's absolutely perfect. So I, I just think it's a good what you brought to the show, and, and we really appreciate it. Um, Honestly, when I edit Realize, we record for three hours, and our episodes are always two, and I edit an hour of myself out. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, cheers to our conversations and future conversations that we Thank have. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I, I really think- appreciate you guys having this. I mean, I know this is probably going to be a weird one for your... No, I think it's good. Uh, they, they, everyone that listens to this show needs to broaden their horizons a little bit, and it, I think a good part of that starts and ends with you. Thanks for um, prepping me. Yeah. Well. And we'll be happy to have you back again soon. You can follow the Steak for Breakfast podcast um, on Instagram at the same handle. Also, our backup, Steak for Podcast Breakfast. Uh, our website is steakforbreakfastpodcast.com. Um, on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and Podbean. Download the show. Listen, like, follow, and share. Comment, or Nick's going to call you an asshole in future episodes. Yep. Uh, he also likes those ratings, more of the five-star category, not as many one-star ones. Yeah, the one-stars are a touchy subject for him. The epic meltdowns we have on the show, though, are good when he, do, you know, when you do drop those one-stars. Uh, <laughs> make sure you share our content. Upcoming shows, The Orange Men are here with us next week. Uh, Qtards FM the following week. The Matrix Assassins are coming up after them, and then we'll circle back with Lala Beams. We would like to thank all of our sponsors, Stay Ready Gear, Man Rubs, West Coast Survival Arms, Mediocre Medic, Dump Box, and Odyssey. Uh, for all they do to support our show and help make it what it is. Um, follow them all on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, StayReadyGear.com, ManRubs.com, WestCoastSurvivalArms.com, MediocreMedic.com, DumpBox.us, and Odyssey.com. Um, and VaccinePassport.help. Which is now ours. <clears throat> Kalila 3, Axia 5.0, Destroy Fear 22, Real Brenda Memes 3.0, uh, What's It 17, Official Patriotic Babe, Reverse Mockingbird, Rise of the Phoenix, and Baby Cakes 2.0 are our friends of the week. Um, And we will be back next week, like we said, with the Orange Men. Probably going to be a fun episode. Um, I'm hyped for it. I was also hyped to have Jay on today, more famously known as the Human Vibration. Um, Thanks again for coming on. On behalf of Nick, I'm Roan. Noah. And Jay is on the other side of a Zoom screen, and this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence.